This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I think I'm RJ. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're getting pre-presidential and all about that <laughs> law. As we watch Spine 320 mm. in the Criterion Collection, John Pappy Ford's Young Mr. Lincoln from 1939. But first, RJ, how's, yeah. how's, how's it going over there? And how's, how's, that, how's the computer and internet going? Not well. Not well. No. Uh, it's one of those days. Let's, uh, let's hope that this one goes. People might, you know, they're, they're aware of our situation. Let's just say this is our... This is hour six of recording young Mr. Lincoln, mm-hmm. and uh, we we were we we've been doing good, so we might have to catch up a little bit. We might have to speed through some stuff. Oh gee, look at that grinding away! But hey, pretty yeah. cold outside there, am I right? Maybe it has even has oh, something to do with boy. our internet connection. What, what can I say? Oh boy, well the 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 cold interacts with the fiber optic, you know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, ice particles. RJ, I heard that Al Gore created the internet. Someone once told me. Ah, I mean that. I, I I believe it. Who who could say that it's not true? Who? Okay. And around this time, around this time, your internet cuts out, and you become uh, not even a slideshow, just a single frame with no sound. And I feel like I've been ejected into a negative space, Um, a phantom zone, perhaps. And I'm just You're like, always in yeah. the phantom zone. Yeah. Do you when I when I freeze, am I like, is it flattering the picture of me when I'm frozen? I, I mean, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Good. Good. Yeah. I was I didn't want to pry too much, but I was hoping. So last time we recorded, Jarrett. Yeah. You mentioned that you wear long johns. I did mention that to, to and, contend with this cold. You asked about the length of it, and I said they're I, down to my ankles. I um, had a follow-up question. Though. Okay, all right, go on, go on. Do you do you put your socks on first and yeah. then put your long johns on? Uh, I usually because that's what yeah no I'd, I'd put them on first and then because you create a nice yeah. seal. Yes. Yeah, because your long johns, I'm assuming, have like foot cuffs, right? Like cinched mm-hmm. feet. Ankle biters. Yeah, and you're going to want ankle biters. Yeah, I know. We used to make, uh, well, I didn't make fun of kids like that. I was going to say, people in my era used to make fun of kids like that. I've never made fun of anyone. Well, and now, you're, now, you're, um, and now you are one of those kids. Well, my sweatpants are like that. I I actually, I own a pair of those jogger pants that are yeah, well, cinched like well, that. We, and we've, um, we've talked about it before. Yeah, I know. They're like they're basically sweatpants. They're just like if you only see like down to my knees, they look like real pants. They look like I'm an actual contributing member of society. But as long as you don't see the feet, once you see the feet, the illusion is gone. So, you know, mm-hmm. I got that going for me. Outstanding. Uh, what else is new, Jarrett? Well, RJ, um, emails are new. <laughs> are there? females that are of the new variety uh not to my knowledge ah damn okay what do we got well first up we have the returning yet again pathboy standstill oh shit with an email entitled seasons creepings Ooh, I like it i like this uh more more uh more mentioning creeps and headers it's good i yeah it works it works hello how are you two ruffians doing today? Oh, fine. 
good. I mean, if you, could, if you could see RJ's hair, it is he does look like a ruffian. You see this, Jerk? Yeah, I see that. See yeah. that? Yeah, it's like a... You see that quaff? Mm-hmm. I got the quaff, baby. It's time to get creamy. That's what the... That's what the... It's hip. That's what all the celebrities are saying. It's that one weirdo who won't leave you alone, mm. wishing you some happy holidays, mm. you filthy animals, and a happy new year. Mm-hmm. I'll try keeping mm-hmm. this one brief. I know you sea dogs are always busy. By the way, Ooh. the C stands for Canadian. Good. That's what I assumed. In other words, mm-hmm. I'll try keeping things discreet. Uh... I see. I see what he means. Yeah. First, I get it. To answer RJ's question, was the Kurosawa joke an original? Yes. Yes, it was. Oh, good to know. Good and to know. I'll take last week's response to the aforementioned joke, that being complete dead silence, as a surefire sign. You want to hear another goofy humored one liner hot off the presses sure. to boot? Well, you're in luck. What is Spencer Tracy having when he loses all his games in Call of Duty? Huh? <laughs> RJ, RJ definitely knows who Spencer Tracy is. I know. I understand everything in that sentence. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, for the then punchline. you're gonna love it. Why he's having a bad day at Black Ops, of course. <laughs> I'm familiar with all those things. Yeah. Quite humorous. Quite humorous. All right. Enough Have of you... this baby talk. What, RJ? Uh-huh. Nothing. Okay. Let's, nothing. I said nothing. Let's get hurtful, shall we? Ooh. My question is, what are some good insults you like to use or wish other people use more often? Here are a few I like. Buffoon. Chowderhead. Dweeb. Weenie. Mm-hmm. Wiener. Mm-hmm. And weirdo. I agree with weenie and wiener. Those are high quality ones. I think doofus is underused sometimes because it really gets the point across. Um, I'm also a big fan of donkey. Mm-hmm. Like calling Pete, like he's like that guy's a donkey. But donkeys are smart, wonderful creatures. They I, are. I can't believe that RJ. Wow, wow. I, they are, but I, I mean it in the uh, in the you. other sense. Jeez. The other sense. Uh, you the know what? I also sense. like. I also like calling people different ducks. You go, yeah, that's a bit, bit of a different duck. Different kind of duck? Different kind of duck. And it's because it's like, it's not like anything like outright mean, but it's like, people know what you mean. It's like, what's that guy like? Eh, he's a bit of a different duck. And they go, oh, I don't know what that means. And you go, you will. You will. And if we're talking about swear words, I don't think you can mm. beat a good old fashioned bastard. Also, for bonus points, what are some insult eject or insult adjectives or insult enhancers you like to sprinkle in just for fun? I like mm. bumbling, driveling, putrid, and wretched. All right, that's the end of that chapter. Go spread some holiday hoopla with some rude remarks, you greasy bastards. Uh, yeah, those are all good. Yeah, uh, Chud. I think, I think I think Chud really cuts to, through a lot of uh, nonsense. It's 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 it pretty well. People know exactly what you're talking about. Chud's pretty good. Chud's up there, man. Yeah. Chud is very up there. Yeah. Very up there. I like it. Yeah. Good. 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 Mm-hmm. Good. 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 
you know. I have nothing to add. Good, 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 good. You don't like to spruce it up a little bit, calling anyone In bumbling. Um, no, I I call people a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I use that one a lot. It's I called the guy a, the drizzling a piece shits. of shit one time when he was close, and then I realized I went, ooh. <laughs> and someone was like, why would you call him that? And I was like, because he is. I'm not going to fucking hide it. Like, what do you say? You said he's right behind me isn't he and it goes i'm in front of you vintage 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 mm-hmm. uh well cool interesting i mean cool. as far as swear words i believe i mean fuck is a beautiful word it's great uh ass is a good one mm-hmm. ass mm-hmm. uh i'd say you do you remember tourette's guy uh <laughs> i which like would... early day YouTube, like the guy would be like Bob Saget. You remember that guy? Not really. Uh, he had some good zingers. He'd say ass a lot. Ass, okay. balls. Okay. Ball how about, hair. How about doe head, RJ? It's You're... fine. Yeah, you know anyone who uses that one? Mm, not anyone under the age of sixty-eight. Okay. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah, you qualify for that. You're mm-hmm. you're within that range. Yeah. You know. Yeah, not anyone under 68. Not really. No. Not at all. There you go. Probably. Okay. Couldn't be. Yep. That's it from PBSS. PBSS? I like it. Next what up, we got? we got Oliver Granger, RJ. Oh, no. Oliver Granger, he's back. <laughs> With you won't get it. Bergman Christmas. Mm. What's up, creeps? Would you prefer a summer or winter Christmas? It's weird mm-hmm. being in New Zealand. All our media and Christmas decorations are winter. There have been attempts for a Santa in jandals, but it's real cringy. Being exposed to winter Christmas movies has made me like the idea of family all together around the fire. I have never experienced it. But here, our Christmas holidays are tied to the big school holiday. So the Christmas mean, so Christmas means no school for at least six weeks, beach, barbecues, and all that. What would you prefer? I like it the way it is. Maybe it's just because I'm familiar with it. But uh, kind of like you said, you know, being bundled up by the fire. It's nice to have something to look forward to when it's really cold out there. Or else people would probably have a lot more depression than is already quite a bit. You know what I mean? People get depressed in January because Christmas is over and it's just cold and you got nothing to look forward to at that point. Chandles, Ch- huh? That's, I mean, I know sandals and I know Birkenstocks. I never, uh, I don't know if I know this word. Jandals? <laughs> Where did Jandals come from? Jandals. Where are you getting this? From did the, I say that? No, from the email. Oh. Santa is Jan- Jandals. <laughs> Oh, maybe they're just sandals made out of, like, jean denim. No, no, they are. I'm looking like at them. Like jorts? <laughs> no? No. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Yes. I don't know about that. Jandals, New Zealand. Hmm. What a, what a place, this New Zealand. What a time to be alive. Am yeah. I right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's it's what you know. I mean, the way Oliver sounded, like, it sounded so, it sounds so sad. They have to like they get six weeks off and they have to like be warm. <laughs> like, well, I mean, we the, get six weeks off at, at summer too, right? Right. Or eight weeks off, probably. Yeah, two months. 
So I'd like I'd rather take it in winter. But maybe, then but maybe they get, two get weeks but maybe, there, eight but, weeks but maybe RJ, they get two six weekers off. I don't know. Who knows? But these be. these crazy places around the world. Mm, I don't really trust the French, so I'm not. I don't really believe Oliver. You know what I mean. Oliver also asks. Also, will you be watching Bergman Island? It's an easy no for me. I can't tell you how much this stupid thing we are doing has put me off Bergman. Well, <laughs> just in time for next week. Bergman to Oliver is Kurosawa to you, I think. I think uh, which is almost uh, everyone to me. One one time listener Jackson also is not a fan of Bergman. The Bergman? Do you think it was because of all of the like? sexual innuendos and undertones possibly see when i said sexual innuendos you should have said in your endos I it's see. the ultimate one this that's the, from scrubs okay that's the big dunk huh that's the big dunk that's like you know about this you movie see, yeah. you know about this movie bergman island no sounds crazy though it's, it's new it's oh, it's a new movie called Bergman Island. Is it just a bunch of bunch of like weirdos together and they're like, we love Bergman. Uh, so this is a brand new movie from this year. Uh, oh, let me read you about it. Uh, mm. An English German filmmaking couple retreat to Pharaoh for the summer to each write screenplays for their upcoming films in an act of pilgrimage to the place that inspired Ingmar Bergman. As the summer mm. and their screenplays advance the lines between reality and fiction start to blur against the backdrop of the island's wild landscape. No. No, I'm fine. You're good? Yeah, I'm good. I I got nothing against it. I just, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to watch that one. Well, I mean, we'll be watching uh, Bergman Island from 2006, the the documentary itself, uh, one of these Mm. days. No, we won't. Uh, I don't think so, at least. Okay. <laughs> you think I'm going to be around then? No way. Mm-hmm. I'll be dead. Within a week, at least. Uh, and then Sam Sanchez, uh, on the, oh, God. Uh, also on the weekend, these early birds, mm-hmm. uh, he sent a new image um, from our friend on Reddit who's posting drawings of... Oh, of trout? Of, of the trout. The great one. Yeah. Uh, I'll send it to you your, your way. Trope. You can see. Okay. okay. We'll get your live reaction. Live reactions coming at you. Okay, let's see. No email yet. No email yet. Email is here. Let's open up Perfect. this thing. Whoa. That one couldn't have happened in real life. Uh, I don't think. I don't know if you see my my response to Sam right above that. Wait a minute. That does not look like me. This guy doesn't have a mustache at all. <laughs> Everything else, yes, maybe, but there's no mustache there. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I see Sam Sanchez's email here. Big mistake, Jared. Oh, man. One step, Big mistake. One step closer to getting uh, those codes so you can play with his children. It's not his kids that I'm trying to to play. It's him. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he wanted to. Do you see? Yeah. I thought it was him, Jarrett. <laughs> him. Samuel Anyways. Loveland. Yeah. With what an, about him? With an email titled, The Big Email. 
the big email. Yep. Interesting. <clears throat> Hello, Creeps. In commemoration of this week's episode and the work of director John Ford, I am writing this very special letter. As promised, <laughs> here is the big, heartfelt, passionate email. Here goes. What is your go-to subway order? I've unfortunately been oh, eating shit. a lot of subway for my work, and I can really feel it starting to get to me. What do you usually get there? Eager to hear your responses. Thanks for your time and have a good show. Sam Slam Love Machine Loveland. Son of a bitch. It's good to hear from him. It's good to hear how he's doing in the subway world. Uh, I got I so, so he has to eat subway for his work? That, that's... Uh, maybe maybe what it is is it's just it's the only thing close by, so it's like the only option mm-hmm. other than bringing your own lunch. That's That would be my guess. But um, before I get into that, you know my buddy Hammy? Is that what he prefers at Subway? No, but he was talking about Subway the other day, and some some uh, some guy was like giving him a hard time. He was like, Subway sucks, and it's just like, who cares? Eat whatever you want. You know what I mean? I don't eat Subway very often, but when I do get it, it's fine. Whatever. It's all fast food is fast food. You know what I mean? Uh, but although, but how how much fast foods made by sandwich artists? Very few, very few. Um, I do know that Subway's bread is now classified as cake because of the sugar content and because yeah. it's cheaper to import and i do know that uh their tuna is not classified as tuna anymore because it's got too much soy in it i think so it's it can't be like labeled as actually tuna which is somewhat troubling um but uh you know it is what it is one time on a uh, a rugby trip in high school we went to a subway and the the girls working, they were like teens, and they're like, we can't handle this. You guys come back here, make your own subs. And they let us make our own subs, Jared. Huh. And it was not, I don't think, I don't think they worked there after that. No. Because we were allowed to just do whatever we wanted. And this is a true story. It's a true story. True story. How, how, true could, story. how could Subway ever recover from this? Well, we were loading up triple this, meat. This, this, of, this breach of protocol. I know. Like, we were... We were in there, Jared, in the meat. Right after we played a full game of rugby, we were sweating on those subs, dude. It was not good. Uh, my sub yeah. is I like the turkey bacon uh, club. So turkey, some bacon. I get uh, some vegetables. I'm not going to tell you those because that's going to reveal a little bit too much about me. I don't want to tell you which vegetables I put well, on there. Well, it might be like uh, like a banking password or something. Well, potentially, potentially. Uh, but I... I always get the Southwest sauce and uh, they don't really call it that anymore. But like 12 years promotion and they got this Southwest sauce. It's good. I don't know what it is. Probably like Chipotle or something, but uh, it's good. It's real good. Jared. Damn good. So that's my order. Okay. What about you? Well, it's been a while for one of these, but my kind of go-to is the uh, like a, I guess like a turkey ham type of deal on flatbread okay. with Swiss cheese mm. and then just like you know lettuce, black olives, uh, pickles, and yes, I agree. Salt and pepper mustard. <clears throat> I'm a pickles man and I'm a black olives man myself, but uh, as I said before, I'm not going to tell you what else. Um, flatbread, hey, you're not a Italian herb and cheese. No, no, I'm, I I do without those, those big puffy cake breads. Yeah. What about Quiznos? Are you a Quiznos man? 
Well, I haven't eaten there for a long time. Do, do we even have one still? Is there still yeah, one? Yeah, it's out on in the, the middle south of nowhere. Side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, down yeah, by South Safeway. It, it has been a long time. I just, I don't know. I like the idea of Quiznos more than the actual food I ever get there. Interesting that you'd phrase it in such a way. I, I just like, I don't know. There's, I've had better roast beef sandwiches or whatever, like, mm-hmm. like that, that type of thing. Other, like at real restaurants. And then you think, oh, Quiznos, that's their specialty. And it's never as yep. good. Like it's just like, oh, why? Why isn't this better? There's a. They have some chicken ones that are pretty good. So I've never. Uh, I don't think I've, I've ever. I don't think I've ever had chicken at Quiznos. They're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if you're not a Quiznos guy, you're not a Quiznos guy, right? I guess. Did I ever tell you about that time I tried to get Quiznos and a uh, a, a um, sex worker tried to uh, approach me and get in my car? Uh I. You might have. <laughs> You can tell. Well, it's you, you, we're, you can tell it again, or was that it? No. Well, I mean, where the where where the Quiznos downtown was was right beside the Greyhound station. Right. And so I went there, Forgot and then I saw that, that it was closed, like outright closed. And I was like, "Oh shit, it's closed!" But I was supposed to pick up subs for me and Andy, so I just parked there, and I was trying to call her to be like, "Hey, what do you want instead of Quiznos?" And the lady at the Greyhound, because the Greyhound is where they get picked up and drop off, you know. Um, and uh, she thought I was there for her, so she tried to get in my car, and I went. No, no. I mean, no, no. I'm, I'm here for subs. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and uh, she, she quickly was like, okay. And then she kind of took off down an alley. But that's my story. That's it. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the, uh, the whole story there, Jared. Great. You know what's also a pretty good sub? What? If if you're feeling adventurous, is the old meatball sub. Meatball sub's pretty good. No. Meatball's pretty good. Hey, have you ever had a Jimmy John's? It's only in the States. Never. Jimmy John's is pretty decent. Never, ever, ever. But so on the meatball sub, though, the key to success, jalapenos mm. and banana peppers. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big – I like that on um, some of my normal subs as it is. Mm. But uh, meatball, I haven't had them with a meatball sub. I might have to try that. You ever, you ever had Chiba Hut, Jarrett? That's a sub place. That one's pretty good. I have not. Chiba Hut's pretty good. Jimmy John's pretty good. That's uh yeah. I mean these these are the big questions for such a big email. These are big questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, he took the time to write that email. We're gonna take the time to give it the full attention that it deserves. Absolutely. And nothing but. Pizza Hut. Ooh, I had Pizza Hut like 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 last week, I think. Andrea texts me. She's like, I'm not going to be home tonight. And I went, no problem. I pulled up the Pizza Hut website and I ordered it online. I like it because I don't have to talk to anyone that way. Right. You know what I mean? You can pay for it like online. So the guy just comes and you open the door. He just hands you the box. You say, see you later, da. Good day. (laughs) Good day, mate. All the Granger. Yeah, for the pizza cast. And then he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't for that guy. This is for someone else. This is for RJ Baylog. And they say, mm-mm. Now you got a problem on your hands. Oh, uh, and then the pizza guy comes into the house. Straw no. dogs me? <laughs> no, he's, you know, you're going to straw dog him as he's trying to get into his own vehicle with that pizza. Ah, uh, follow him back to his car like, hey, hey, hey. You should give me that. Hey. Come on. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Final email. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Justin Peterson. Oh, baby. Coming in under the wire. Mm-hmm. 
with a an email entitled Merry Creepsmas. Mm-hmm. Hey, R- hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? I thought you guys mm-hmm. may want to spread some Christmas cheer for all to hear. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> and he and he's copy and pasted here. Sing. Yeah, you do it. Oh no. I'm, do no, it. No. We all know we all know Jingle Bells Batman smells, RJ. Okay. Yeah, it's that. It's that. Yeah, I mean I I get it. Yeah, I got it. Are you fans of any other Christmas songs? <laughs> uh I'm a really big fan of Elvis Christmas. Like the the Elvis Christmas album. Like I know everyone knows Blue Christmas by Elvis. But like Christmas. <laughs> Christmas without you. There you uh, go. I just like yeah, I just like that album. Which is pretty high quality. Um I also like um I like the like the Sinatra Christmas stuff. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Zoe De Chanel's band, She and Him, they have a Christmas album. That's also good. So not really songs, but I like Blue Christmas. Blue Christmas is nice. Blue Christmas, eh? Did you know that uh, there was a lot of people getting in trouble over like a couple years ago, pre-COVID, about uh, they're playing that um, "Baby It's Cold Outside" in like uh, classrooms, and teachers were getting in trouble. Like parents were complaining. It's like that song's about rape, <laughs> which I mean, it, it kind of it, it might be, but uh, I, I who I can't say. I'm not an expert. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you know, know what I you mean? Know, you know what it's about, RJ? It's about working through what? the no. Working through the no. Is that a quote? What's that? Is that a quote? From who? Well, whoever said that just now. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, uh it's a, it's an old saying I've heard. I see. I no. see. Well, I like Blue Christmas. What about you? Uh I really like uh Father Christmas by the Kinks. Okay. It's a really good song. Is it? No. It's a, it's a little sad. RJ. Sad? It's a little sad song. Hmm. I don't believe you. It's pretty good, though. I don't totally. I'm just looking up Christmas songs right now. You like that uh, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen by the Bare Naked Ladies featuring Sarah McLaughlin for some, I, some Canadiana? Of course I love it. Anything with that much Canada involved in it, who's so, not going to like it? So much. Packed. So- so much Canada. So much. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Th- that's what the... else is on Blue Christmas? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Elvis album is Blue Christmas. It's like, you like listen to some Bing Crosby? Um, He's fine. Didn't he beat up kids a lot or something, allegedly? <laughs> His own kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's he was, uh, fine. a disciplinarian, right? Yeah. Oh, Dave, yeah, Dave Crosby, man. Dave Crosby? Yeah. I thought son. it was Bing. Well, Bing's, oh, he was Bing's the dad. Dave. He's Dave. I don't, yeah, know I, mean, be, uh, I don't know if he was uh, physically abusive, but I'm not, that I'm not aware of. Um, well, I, I saw that in a Family Guy episode once. Oh. So it's got to be true, right? Yeah, that's, that is kind of the uh, the other the alternative source for facts other than Wikipedia is Family yeah. Guy references. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, don't the Crosby estate, don't come after me. Go after Family Guy because they're the ones – Providing this narrative, true or false, is all I'm saying. Okay. You know? You know what I mean? 
put on some you know what i mean you put on some uh nat king coal uh yeah sometimes i actually i do like um like stuff like ella fitzgerald nat king cole it's not overtly christmas like they might have one or two songs but that's the kind of music i like to listen to at christmas do you know what i mean like the, the Ella- uh, merry christmas or um the, the charlie brown christmas charlie brown christmas album have you ever listened to that probably okay probably I, I don't have anything else to say of that, but probably. Okay. How about you know what I mean? How about Under the Mistletoe with Justin Bieber? Um, well, I mean that song's a little bit sexually aggressive, and I'm not here for it. I'm not, nothing against the Biebs, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm just not here for those sexually aggressive Christmas songs, man. Like, what if you don't want to kiss someone, but you're under the the mistletoe anyways? Like, what are you going to do? What about Once Upon a Christmas with Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers? How's that float your boat? Mm-hmm. No. What if I look up alternative Christmas songs? Let's see what the Don't Shoot Me Santa by The Killers. Uh, that was the worst Christmas ever by Suffusion Stevens. I like stuff Eugene Stevens. I don't know that song though. Um, Christmas card from a hooker uh, in Minneapolis from Tom Waits. Oh boy! Santa doesn't Ooh. cop out on dope by Here's, Sonic. Hey, the, okay, I got one for you. Perhaps the best album of them all. A Christmas yeah. gift for you from Phil Spector from 1963. Holy. Shit. <laughs> that's Holy probably shit. that's probably got some pretty sweet tracks on it. I'm not, I'm not gonna have to say. Uh I mean that does sound because uh, really I mean good. whatever whatever you want to say about uh Philly, uh that that, that Wallace Sound, he was he was a producer and he made he, oh, he, he made allegedly. those acts sound good, you know. Well, it was all part of his MO. <laughs> he got as Rossi would say, he got off on making music you know hey jared have you ever heard happy holidays you bastard by blink 182 nope there's a line in that song where he says it's christmas eve and my grandpa just ate seven fucking hot dogs and he shit his pants he shit 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 well his pants. some of justin peterson's favorite christmas songs little okay. little saint nick okay hippopotamus for christmas and 12 yeah. Days of Christmas. Yeah, all good. Classic. Movie question of the week. That Will Smith guy used to be in good movies. Which ones did you like? How about Independence Day? Independence Day is fine. Um, yeah, Will, Willard Smith. Actually... You know what I always thought was a Christmas movie that I actually liked quite a bit at the time I watched it. I don't know how it's aged, but I am Legend. Yeah, I always it, it is a Christmas. It, it has Christmas stuff in it. Yep, and it came out at Christmas, and I, I actually really liked that when it came out. Um, but again, I don't know anymore. Uh, Men in Blacks are good. I Robot, I think, is actually a sneaky okay movie to it's, watch. Even I though I saw it in theater, it was okay. Mm-hmm. I've, it's I've, okay. I've, I've never seen Hancock. I have. It's not. There's not much there okay. for Hancock. What about Hitch? Uh, How about Hitch, RJ? You, oh, know, you know who loved Hitch? Hitch. Hitch. Hitch loved Hitch, and rightfully so. Hitch is a good show. Hitch is a good show. 
Uh, you know what movie's Bad not, Boys? You know what movie's 22? not great? Mm-hmm. Ali. Maybe one of Michael Mann's worst movies. I saw that in theaters on Christmas Day. There you when go. When I was what a, 11 years old. What a nexus. Hey, My older sister took me. I've seen Legend of Beggar Vance. Yeah, that movie's in okay. In theater. No, that's... Was it on Christmas Day? No. I, I could, Have you seen... That? That is a no. that is definitely an afternoon movie you watch with your parents. That's true. You know what's an awesome movie? Enemy of the State with Gene Hackman. I saw that theater, RJ. Did you think it was awesome? I think I liked it at the time. I, I remember I, I that. I don't know if I'd want to rewatch, but that's uh, Tony Scott. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that movie being wicked. I was only... When did that movie come out? I watched it a lot as it a rerun. It 98. So, yeah, I watched it when I was pretty young, but I loved that movie. I thought it was wicked. Mm-hmm. Just like Wild Wild West. That's an also awesome movie. Wiki Wiki Wild. Wiki Wild. Wiki Wild Wild West. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there's a movie that he was going to be in instead, but he had to do Wild Wild West. What the hell was that? I mean, though? he... He's notorious for not doing good, like picking the wrong role. Like instead of doing Django, he did yeah, After Earth. That's what it was. I was like, there was some movie yeah. recently where he he could have been in, but it, I think it worked out for the best. It worked out for the best because Jamie Fox is awesome, and he's yep. and he's really good as J- Django. But I, I, I guess like Quentin Tarantino called Will Smith and he's like, I wrote this movie with you in mind, and Will Smith's like, Nah, I'm gonna make a movie with my son instead. And Quentin was like, Okay. So you got uh, Jamie Foxx and, you know, the rest is history. As the, the rest kids is say. history. Which is for the best because uh, Jamie Foxx is real good. Remember, real good. Hey, Arjun, remember Bright? Uh, yeah, you know who wrote Bright? I do. Do you remember that infamous tweet? My new screenplay, Bright, if done right, could be the next Star Wars. That's what he said. If. Yeah, if done right. So, I mean, he left that open, right? Where he's kind of like, well, they, maybe they didn't make it as what, what was intended in my vision. And then, you know, off to doing some stuff to people that he probably shouldn't do. Allegedly. Allegedly. Not bad, not bad. Um, foodie question. So I'm sitting yeah. here at the Olive Garden with the family. That's awesome. <laughs> This, this right is, now, right, right. Well, when he, when, he, when he sent this, uh, that's why. That's maybe why it's this weird format here. This oh, it's probably on a it. phone. Yeah. So, I mean, an hour ago, he was at that Olive Garden eating those those breadsticks. Those breadsticks? Yeah, I get it. If you creeps happen to walk by and grab a seat, what a til- Italian grub would you order? Pull up that menu and go with the three course treatment. Olive Garden. Well, we we don't have an Olive Garden up here, so it's. I'm not even gonna lie, Jared. I don't think I've ever eaten at an Olive Garden. I have once in Edmonton because I'd never Was been. It good? I don't remember it at all. Okay. Let me look up the menu here. Olive Garden. I know that's like. Menu. I think Olive Garden is like this weird, um, <laughs> like uh, t- talking point. Oh, it boy, is. Oh boy! Now it's asked. It wants to know my location. No. Yeah, there's a bunch of work. just just go to the map, select Denver. <laughs> okay. Then it'll be Denver. Like, You're lying. <laughs> you are not in Denver. See, they're they're trying to keep us down. They're they're gonna say that we're not even allowed to look at the menu if we don't See, live there. Th- this this is why we need to decentralize the internet, RJ. 
That's why we gotta we get. On, need to we gotta get on. We gotta get on the blockchain. Oh, blockchain! Hey. Mm -hmm. Okay, so wait, are we just picking an, an entree here? Because I got the. Well, he, he said now. to go three courser. So any any okay. app. See, they want to know where my fucking. Oh, fried is. mozzarella is an app for sure. That's a okay. huge plate of fried matzo. I'm getting that 100. percent Yeah. Yeah. So that's my appy. What about you? Uh, I can't even get to the menu. Oh. Okay, well, I'm getting fried matzah, and for for my entree, I am definitely going to get chicken parm, I think, because, like, I make Alfredo at home pretty good, so I don't need okay. that. And I'm uh, lasagna, all right. good, I'm, so I'm chicken parm. I'm going to order from Lexington, uh, Kentucky. From, yeah. Uh, it's like, it came up as, like, uh, Lexington Man-O-War. Sounds pretty cool. It does sound cool. Man, this stuff looks like it comes it, out of a bag. It <laughs> might. I got my full order, though. Uh, Here's my full order, Jared. Okay. Fried mozzarella, chicken parm, and then warm Italian donuts. I would. My okay, so I might try the spinach artichoke dip. That's a good sherry okay. thing. Sure. Uh, classic entrees. Jesus, man. I'm here to eat. Uh. Hmm. Hmm. You can say eggplant parm if you want. Definitely not. Fucking not an eggplant parm no, guy. I fucking hate eggplant. I don't. I tried yeah, I'm it. not. I'm not a fan either. Andrea is always trying to sneak eggplant and uh, zucchini and stuff, and I can always tell. And I'm like, get that out of here. I don't want that wet vegetable in here. Get it. Wives, am I right? I know. She's like, but you're dying, you're hard, <laughs> and I'm like, get that fucking zucchini out of okay. here. Quit putting it and stuff. If they had like a seafood lasagna, like baked thing, I would there's be. A chicken, I, there's a seafood Alfredo. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, shrimp scampi. Fuck, I might be like a, a real, a real uh, loser Basic and get bitch. the herb grilled salmon because it's like okay. all it is is like uh, I know it's salmon with broccoli and it's like just salt like that that seems yeah. decent to me I'd be okay with that okay. uh, that's like $19 US that's cool oh then there's a whole, yeah. a whole thing for Alfredo yeah there's seafood I get it I know um, mm -hmm. soups uh, don't waste time with soup what the dessert dessert what kind I'm, of dessert I'm trying, you I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm, trying. I'm trying okay actually I, I have to you seem like a tiramisu kid no, it's tiramisu is never very good. They always fuck that. And that's okay. It's supposed Plus, to be a pick me up. That fucking photo. That's not what tiramisu looks like. Well, it's the Olive Garden tiramisu, baby. Yeah, I know. Ah, uh, cheesecake. It might be okay. Cheesecake. No. Okay. Yeah. Warm. So I went with stuff. What, I... what is this? Warm Italian donuts. Is, is that's that just... what I would get. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like. I mean, I would. That actually, I'd be probably more excited by the desserts than any of the. Like, food, food. See, that's why I went with the donuts, because I was like, that's definitely something I can't make at home. Uh, chicken parm, we've tried to make. It's just, it doesn't hold very well. And that's just chicken parm in general, I think. So I'd like to oh, try it at a restaurant, see if they've cracked that figured code. it out. Yeah. Well, you know, like, getting soggy, kind of? Because, like, and we'll eat it, like, right away, and it's, it's still just, gets, it sogs up when you put it in it Depends what you're, well... Yeah, because cover it in sauce. So you you bread the chicken. Yeah, and we and we bake fry it. Uh, so like bake and then we fry it in a pan with a little oil just to get it crispy. Yeah, and then and then, you and put then the what Andrew did last time, and then the yeah, mozzarella, and then, and then 
yeah, tomato sauce and then broil it so the cheese melts. But then right. by the time the cheese melted, the sauce has already worked its way through that nice crisp coating you got in your uh, stuff. I think you got to add the sauce separate. I think that's the trick. Yeah, I mean, it's the water in there. Yeah. Again, all that wet vegetables, probably eggplant in there hidden that's wetting everything up. <laughs> well, she's always trying to get that in that eggplant in you. I, yeah, eggplant and zucchini. You got to, like, dry it out. You got to, like, slice it and, like, salt it on, like, paper towel to dry it out. That's how wet mm-hmm. it is. Fucking horrifying. And finally, in honor yeah. of Spider-Man No Way Home swinging into theaters tomorrow, who are your favorite mm-hmm. Spidey baddies? Venom and Shocker for me. Chow creeps. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. Sp- Who's your Spidey sp- boys? Spidey, Spidey villains. Mysterio looks cool, but is pretty uninteresting. Yeah. My favorite as a kid, yeah, it was either Mysterio or the Lizard. The Lizard. The Lizard. Yeah, yeah, Lizard's pretty neat. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He's just like, he's just literally like a lizard man in like a white lab coat. I love it. Mm. I mean, yeah, Lizard in a coat's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, the classic. Yeah, he's classic. Scorp- I actually, actually, I really like Scorpion. Scorpion's cool. Yeah, I, mm. yeah, Max Gargan. How Scorpion's many? really cool. <laughs> uh, what about Morbius Jarrett and his plasma? Oh, Jared okay. Leto. You know, yeah, RJ, I've been meaning, like, there's been times on my walk into work where plasma comes into my mind, and I think it's like, because on the radio, I'll hear, like, this, like, they're doing, like, a drive Donate for, plasma. for donating plasma. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you put it in the Morbius voice. You go uh, plasma. Uh, that, that's the first time I ever heard that word in my life. Was the Spider-Man cartoon? Yeah. And you go, oh, "What the hell's plasma?" Yeah, you mean and blood? Everyone goes, well, we, we don't know. Well, we can't say blood. That's too violent. No. <laughs> it's too violent. It's too goes, violent. Plasma. Eats plasma. Plasma. Uh, yeah. What was I gonna say? Do, do, um, are, are you into Carnage? You like Cletus uh, Cassidy? I did like Carnage as a kid. Carnage was super cool. Um, Because he's violent? Yeah, kind of. What about Craven the Uh, Hunter? Craven's people. People only gave a shit about Craven after he died. Yeah, Craven's fine. I mean, I remember in the 90s, like, I was a big Spider-Man animated kid, and everyone was... I had a Craven toy, but he was my least used one. Yeah, because you know why? I had all those 90s Spider-Man anime toys, and they've all been lost to time. When he went to the toy department, and he went to those the the action figures, they always had Craven. (laughs) Just with, like, a little, like, fur thing around his shoulders, and you're like, oh, boy! (laughs) Easy to make, easy to sell. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Easy to make, easy to sell. Um, I liked... So I'm with you. I liked... uh, Mysterio and Shocker, those were they were both super cool. Uh, I did like Carnage. Um, you know who I actually like? This is gonna be a cop out, but do you remember in Spider-Man Animated when he turned into an actual six-armed spider? Hold on. <laughs> oh, is he going for it? What is this? What is? What's he got here? You seeing this, Jared? I, I see. I see a man spider. You see this guy? Man Spider. Man Spider. This is the only of the Spider-Man toys I have left. He's he's down a fang. I had every one of these, and then over time, piece of shit people stole them from me, uh, or they were lost. But this is the only one I have left. This guy's pretty cool, hey? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think I've seen 
photos of that in package, and they, it's, it's kind of an uninspired paint job. Ah, uh, get out of here. <laughs> this toy was made 30 years ago. I, I know, cool. uh, for sure. But it, it, you definitely look at the new toys, and, you know, they put another layer of airbrushing on that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think he's cool. I think he's cool. Okay. You know what was also cool? Was um, Morbius, the living vampire. You remember him? Who doesn't? The chameleon. Uh, Hobgoblin was cool. Oh, I liked yeah. Hobgoblin. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, now I forgot. Yeah, Hobgoblin. Uh, yeah. Those, those Roger Stern comics with Hobgoblin yeah. were super sweet. And, and all, 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 yeah, all drawn cool. by uh, John Romita Sr.'s son, John Romita Jr., yep. back when he drew like his dad. Yeah. Those, those yeah, this eight, is the exact Raven I had. Yep. The one you just sent me. I had, so out of those guys, out of the Spider-Mans, I had normal Spider-Man. I had the Daily Bugle set, which was pretty cool. I had um, Man oh, wow. Spider, Craven, uh, Punisher, because he was part of that too. Um, Morbius. I actually had a Morbius, and he had like a leather, a stiff leather coat, which was pretty cool. I had a Carnage. Uh, who else did I have? I had a Doc Ock. But did he you? Was, but no, did you have a J. Jonah Jameson? I did. Yeah, and he he wore he wore a blue. It was a blue T shirt with a tie painted on, and he was fucking ripped. Can <laughs> yeah. you see how ripped uh, he was? Yeah, I just I found him without the vest on. Yeah, yeah, and he was jacked and he was easily the the biggest of all or he was the most muscular of all the action figures and yeah exactly <laughs> so this picture jared sent me maybe i'll post this later i had that exact one and i never put the code on him because it was like holy fuck J. Jonah jameson is ripped it's like jk simons now yeah kind of kind of or vince mcmahon um well what vince McMahon yeah, once I, was yeah yeah i love that shit i had all those guys they were all they were all cool Love 90s Spider-Man. Are you excited for No Way Home? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I I, I clearly, I actually do really like Spider-Man and all that stuff, but uh, I don't love the new Spider-Man. I know everyone creams their jeans over it, which is a, a Duncanism, but uh, I don't know. I think I told you, like, that first one, it's all about Iron Man, and it's all about, like, the Iron Spider-Man spider suit that or not the iron spider but the suit that iron man makes from and i was just like i feel like this is like i don't need the origin story again but i feel like this is really taking away from the character like it's not who this character is and then in things like infinity war or endgame he's just like killing aliens all the time and i'm like i feel like this is also cheapening this character a little bit tom holland is good like i think he looks good as peter parker it's just i don't like what the new marvel movies are doing with him that makes sense the mysterio one wasn't bad because that was a little bit more wasn't as avengery just too much focus on trying to incorporate everything really kind of bogs me down and this one i think is going to be more of the same of that like it'll have all the other spider-man guys in it which is cool but i think they're they're just just make a spider-man movie stop trying to fucking bring all this avenger shit in there i don't care I don't want the multiverse, Jared. I just want actual, just single, self-contained good movies. That's all. Good stories. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Vern? Like Spider-Verse was. And now we got two more of those coming. Which could be good. Could be bad. I don't know. I, I, did, I did watch the uh, trailer thing that was like kind of not a trailer. It was almost like just a, like a pre- clip from it was like the a, movie. It was like a preview for things. Mm-hmm. 
not sure if it's going to appear in the movie itself. One thing I'm not huge on, and like, I don't know if you you know the Mega sixty four guys, maybe. Yep. yep. So like Rocco, um, I actually I don't always agree with him, but uh, more often than not, I'm usually in line with him because I remember when John Wick three came out, the day that it came out, they announced John Wick four, and he was kind of like, oh, he's like, that's kind of like kind of weird that they would announce that today it kind of takes my enjoyment out of this a little bit and then he was saying for spider-verse thing he's like oh i don't he's like i know everyone's like shit in their pants that it says part one he's like but i kind of don't like that he's like i i wish they wouldn't have said that and then they would have left you on a cliffhanger and i was like yeah i agree i kind of stop it's and again this is the marvel problem thing like when they announce like a year or two years worth of movies ahead you know what's coming. And I feel like that really takes away from the enjoyment of the movies beforehand. Cause I don't know. I know that things can happen in those movies that change things a little bit, but it's kind of just like, man, you're, you're really blowing the lead here. You're really uh, giving away stuff that you don't need to just fucking keep it, keep it simple. You know what I mean? Don't, don't mm-hmm. tell everyone, don't play all your cards all at once. Like, fuck. Fuck it. Put Blade at the end of your movie. Do something. You know what I mean? Oh, they, they did do that. Ah, shit. They got me. They got you. They got me. Anyways, what were you talking about? Uh, that, was, that, was, that was the end of emails. Oh, shit. Females. Goddamn. Damn. Hard to believe Damn. we're already here. RJ, Damn. what you been mm-hmm. creeping on this week? Jared, I watched a movie or two. You did? I did. Uh, and I should also say, I put a poll out there, and there was a pretty resounding yes to Millennium Talk. What was what was this poll? And you're you're privy to this as well. Like you can go look it up. I put it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, it was it was in the stories, and on Twitter it was just a tweet. But it it was a picture of Lance Henriksen, and I just said, "Do you guys want me to talk about Millennium? Yes or no?" And uh, I'd say about 75 to 80% said yes. The people who said no were Oliver Granger, Rupa Granger, and then uh, one individual on Twitter that said, uh, get fucked, go watch Enterprise instead. And I went, okay. But uh, most people are interested, Jared. So just so you know. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta paywall that stuff because you can't just have these people who they don't see the stats I see, and uh, you know it's poison Star Trek. Yeah, but when I do watch Enterprise, you're gonna want to hear about it. No, uh, do I? Well, I mean, we've we've already done four series. We can't just stop now on Star Trek. Oh, we can't. We, like... could, we definitely could. I mean, you still have to watch Nemesis. I oh I just I watch Nemesis and then I'll rip into Enterprise. I only I'm halfway through the last season of Millennium. I I got a little bit left, but oh, I'm almost. So done. I thought you were done. No, well uh, Creeptober hit and then I was playing Metroid Dread. Oh, I beat Metroid Dread by the way. It was Finally, tough. Uh, that ending was tough. It was uh took a couple took a day or two to actually get it, but mm-hmm. um. Oh yeah, you asked me about movies, so I watched some movies, Jared. You what heard you... about this Val Kilmer doc? I have Val. So it's a, yeah, it's a, for the A24 boys. Ooh. So here's the cool thing about this that I think you would like is um, Val Kimmer seems to have been a guy that even from like his very first 
even before he was like a Hollywood actor, when he was doing like high school plays, he just kind of brought video cameras around with him all the time and he just recorded everything. So this is one of those like 40 years worth of footage things, which hmm. is kind of cool because he just, he recorded everything he did. So like, uh, there's videos of him like in high school plays and then behind like after the plays be backstage. And then uh, when he was his first like kind of roles, it's videos of him like in the trailers with other actors and like talking to the directors. And I was like, oh, it's kind of neat. Like, I like this. Um, so I went into like a lot of that um, just showing who he was. He seems like he's a pretty eclectic guy. Like uh, he even mentions he's like some people don't like me. He's like, because I'm a little bit intense at times. Like he's not quite Jared level, Jared Leto levels, but um, I could see him like day to day. Like he might do something a little kooky where you're kind of like, hmm, you're like Val's acting up again here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Someone bring up a Pepsi or something, settle him down. Um, so he's kind of like that. But I, I do like it just for the it's kind of like a history of um him and it's just kind of like what, what what it would be like if you were an actor who kind of made it big for a while and then uh due to circumstances you know had to step away from it for a little bit and things like that it's a cool story it's just about val kilmer and um i didn't realize like so i knew he had cancer but i didn't realize he had one of the like the throat um yeah. whole like ports put in so I, I didn't know that and uh I saw like when he because there's lots of things of him talking with it, too. And I was just like, holy shit. I was like, I didn't realize he was like that. Yeah, there, there was like that period of time where people were speculating about it. And there was like him like walking around this scarf and stuff like that. He was looking very unwell. Yeah. And uh, he I think he always wears that. He wears like little ascots and scarves to cover it up. Yeah. Which is like, it's fine. That's a uh, doesn't look bad or anything like that. It's um, but, you know. If it makes him more comfortable, then all for him. Uh, but no, I like this. It's um, it's hard to. I think it would be hard to like. I think it would be hard to rate something like this just because it's, it's a movie. It's a doc about a guy's life that he made. So it's obviously like. He doesn't like bias it too much, where he's like, oh, "I'm awesome." It's nothing like that. But uh, you know, it's it's just his perspective and his point of view. And I don't know. I think Val Kilmer seems like a. He's an interesting guy. He's an interesting guy. And he does seem to like, uh, again, like I know he probably handpicked certain things on purpose, but he seemed to care about uh, people, not just like fans, but like he actually seemed to care about people and like try to be around with like and be helpful. So he seems like a nice guy. You know what I mean, Drew? Yeah, uh, any specific movies that, that he had his camcorder on that stood out? Almost all, well, almost all of them. Uh, oh, the one that I knew you would want to. So he has, he's got some Top Gun stuff in there. Yeah. He's got some Batman stuff in, in there. Like pretty mm -hmm. much everything you'd think. Uh, there's lots on Tombstone, Heat. which is pretty cool. Heat is in there. Heat's the bat. Heat's the probably one of the shorter ones, but one of the ones that I know like everyone's like, ooh, because when it came on, I looked at Andy and went, it's Heat. And she's like, what? And I was like, mm -hmm. never mind. It's mm -hmm. Heat. Uh, um, so the heat is cool, but it's just a little bit. The one that actually gets a good kind of chunk of time that I thought you would be interested in is the Island of Dr. <laughs> Moreau. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that one's really interesting, too, because it shows him like it, it like it shows him. And um, I wonder uh, if David any of that footage, is, could, I, can't, I wonder if any of that footage is actually used in the uh, that making of documentary that they it might have. 
it might have been because it's it's him and David Thewlis, and they're basically talking, and they're talking to like Marlon Brando stand-in a lot because they're like they're like so Marlon was here for a day mm-hmm. and he lost interest. Yeah. So this is his stand-in. They're like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Norm." And they're like, "Hi, Norm." <laughs> they're like, "Are you doing okay?" He's like, "It's hot." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, you sound just like Marlon." <laughs> um, and it's basically him and that director fighting a lot. Oh, yeah. Not even like fighting, but uh, like, Richard Stanley it, or John Frankenheimer. Frankenheimer. Yeah. So, because Stanley left, and then Frankenheimer comes in, and they're yeah. not like fighting, but like Frankenheimer's like filming, and Val is filming him, and Frankenheimer's like enough. He's like put that away, and Val's like no. Mm-hmm. He's like when, once we start rehearsing, I'll put it away. And he's like put it away. He's like I can't. He's like we can't work like this. And Val just openly in front of everyone is like, you said that you were leaving. And now we feel that this movie is not going to be well because you're the second director. He's like, I am filming this for my own personal, like, account of things. And Frankenheimer's like, like, they, you can tell they fucking hated each other. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I see why. He, and that's what I mean. Like, I think sometimes people, Val could rub people the wrong way. But he was kind of just like. He he seemed genuine about things, but yeah, the Island of Doctor Moreau was the big one. I thought you would kind of, uh, you would be interested in. Oh yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I, I was just looking at his filmography, and I was like, oh yeah, Willow, of course. And then oh yeah, they talk about Willow. The the doors. They talk about the doors a lot, actually. That's yeah. a big one in here. That was a big deal yeah. movie for him. Uh, the one that I forgot that he was in is MacGruber, which also reminds oh, yeah. me of the the series, the MacGruber Coming series. Soon. I watched the trailer for that. It doesn't look very good. Well, I, I have faith in Will Forte. Now, you should did... watch Last Man on Earth because that's good Will Forte. Uh, but... How, but what about The Saint? Mm. They talk about that because it was right after Batman and they offered him a ton of money to return to Batman. And um, he, he was talking about why he didn't like Batman. And it was basically that he's like, I was just a body in the yeah. suit. And he was like, number one, he's like, the suit was fucking horrible. He's like, you couldn't move. You couldn't move your neck. You couldn't move your limbs. You had no way to emote. And uh, he's he's a big like uh, you can tell he's a big like broad or like stage actor. He loves just being in stage and being in character. So he was saying that basically when they offered him Batman, he's like, he's like, yeah, the first one did really well. He's like, I just didn't like it. I just didn't like doing it. So he's like, I got offered the saint and I did that instead because he's like in that movie, I got to play like eight different roles. That's cool. So he talks about the saint for a bit. That one's really good. Uh, And eventually it does end with his Mark Twain, um, one man show, which looked pretty cool actually, but uh, it's too bad he can't do it anymore. What What about uh, his turn as a uh, is it uh, Willem de Kooning in Pollock? Uh, that was not mentioned. That, that does not get brought up. What about that, that? That one is not brought up. What about the Ghost in the Darkness, RJ? You see it there. There's no mention of it, but mm. it does show poster for it, and it shows there's some footage of him in Africa. Because no. I think he's in he's doing that when they call him to be Batman and he's in Africa. He's like, I think I'm going to be Batman, I guess. Uh. Mm-hmm. So they, they very, oh, very briefly, what, they don't talk about what it. What about Spartan? Oh, they show a clip of it. And I was like, ooh, I was like, give me some Spartan stuff. I even looked at Andy and I was like, Spartan's a good show. And she's like, what? And I was like, nothing. Never mind. <laughs> uh, they just show a clip, but that's it. No Spartan talk. 
unfortunately. That's not, Any that's, others? That's too bad. Uh, I think yeah. that's about it. Well, Thunderheart's so old. God damn. Uh, so, they don't I, talk about Thunderheart. Yeah, that movie's, I'm just looking, I might get the bottom half of his uh, filmography. Oh, then we start getting into his, like, no-name movies, like The Traveler. Oh. Yeah. And, oh, they, they don't talk hard, about that one. Hard, hardwired with your boy, Cuba Gooden. Cuba? I love Cuba. No. Yep. I've maybe seen Hardwired. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think you have. Yeah. Oh, he talks about Top Secret a lot as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Top so Secret. Talk... That's a big movie. That's a big cult movie. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen it before. Neither have I. I know it's on Red Letter Media, and that kind of made it even more popular afterwards. But uh, so let's see. Uh, Tombstone, Willow, Doors. Doesn't talk about MacGruber. Doesn't talk about Alexander. Gonna, I might have Doctor Moreau. Uh, yes. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Nope. Damn. Nope. Get that gets no attention. He does talk about Red Planet a little bit. Really? So Red huh. Planet get yeah. Red Planet gets a little bit of attention. Oh. Uh, what else we got here? I'm 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 caught up to where you are. Oh yeah, the salt. None sea, of this other that, stuff. Man, that movie was like always always on sale around here. Yep. Like it. Uh, in the DVD sections, I guess it was like five bucks. And I was like, nah. Mm. Yeah, not after. Even though it's like, a, a, according to uh, people I follow, it's like a four star movie to them. Yeah. Which is curious. Oh, it's, you know, you know who was directed by DJ Caruso, who also directed oh, yeah. Disturbia. Ooh, I like Disturbia, Jared. I, I think I recommended that to you. Right? Uh, but do you like I Am Number Four? I am number four. Uh, I've seen that. I, I wasn't very impressed by it. What about Triple uh, X Return of Xander Cage? Uh, I mean, I've seen a couple Triple X movies. I don't remember the Triple X with is, Val is there, in is it. Is there more than one? Two. <laughs> well, there three? was there's three. There was total, two, right? and then there was a third one with a different actor. Um, State not Vin Diesel. Someone like Ice Cube. State of the Union. Is that who? Is that the one? Yeah, he's got an ice cube in yeah. it. Yeah, with yeah, with Green Goblin. Yes. Yeah. None of those get mentioned in this one. Damn. <laughs> but uh, actually, like I don't know, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, he's got an interesting story, and you get to see a lot of movie stuff, which was cool. And I think you would like it too. Man, what a weird. So I was just clicking around. So I went to State of the Union. Look at that director, and I got brought to Lee Tamahori. Uh, from mm-hmm. New Zealand. New Zealand. Directive, Die Another Day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know that Nicolas Cage movie, Next? Mm-hmm. You, you know about Along Came a Spider? Oh, oh yeah. But, yeah. You know, but, you, but you also know about The Edge with Anthony Hopkins and I, Alec Baldwin and Bart the I Bear. I know The Edge, The Wrestler. Yeah. Yes, I do. I know that movie. They they got that Jade Dagger in that one or something. You know what I mean? And You know what I mean? No, that's it. That's good. So yeah, it's a good show. I recommend it cuz it's an interesting story and uh nothing not to like. What else you watching? I watched this thing called The Starling that I know you're really interested in. It's about bird metaphors. Uh-oh. The bird is a ca- uh, there's CGI birds that are characters in this movie, Jared. Do they talk? No, but they have emotions and uh like physical features that imply understanding of concepts like human concepts kind of hmm. <clears throat> how did that make you feel 
Uh, within five minutes, I was like, this is what this movie is going to be about. And then pretty much all of it happened. And I'm not a very smart guy. I wouldn't be like, I always know what's happening. But this was one of those movies that you, 10 minutes in, you're like, I know where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's like they lose a kid and then they're like trying to get rid of their kid's stuff, but it's hard. And then this bird's bugging them. And then they find like the kid's little like slipper. And I was like, that slipper is going to be in the bird's nest. And then the mom's going to get a new perspective on the bird and be like, oh, maybe the bird's not a bad guy. And, you know, it's huh. all sorts of stuff. I see uh, Timothy Oliphant's in it. uh, Yeah, he is as a grocery store manager. Oh. There's a lot of Righteous Gemstones actors in this. I'm going to stop talking about it, though, because it's not not much of a movie to talk about. (laughs) Okay, well, I see uh, Theodore Melfi also directed the much uh, recently loved film Hidden Figures. Hmm. This Starling movie came out this year, allegedly. Okay. Uh, allegedly. So it's um, Chris O'Dowd, who I like a lot, and uh, Melissa McCarthy, who's fine. I don't have any like strong op- opinions for or against her. <laughs> they, uh, they're a married couple, and their baby dies. And so it's a movie about grief and loss, Jared. Uh-oh. And uh, as Melissa McCarthy's trying to recover it from it, there's a, there's a Starling bird who's given her a hard time. And wouldn't you know, Jared? Maybe they learned something from each other. Ah, along the... it's one of those films. Chris Klein or Kevin Klein is in Kevin this one Klein, as well. Yeah. You know what, RJ? That yeah. sounds like cinema. It's something. Movie, it's not a bad movie. Movie it's just, magic. You, it's it's like it's not bad, but like it's like I said, as soon as it starts, you go, I know what this is about. You know, I know what's gonna happen. You here. know what that? You know what this movie needs more of though? What? Naked men. Who kill? <laughs> Did you do you like my new tag that I I, I put on this one? Uh, my no. naked men tag. Uh, oh, I see that now. I, I don't know. If I, I know. It's the only movie with naked men in it, apparently. That you've ever I seen. know. I Swallow. only one ever. So, Ten to Midnight is a movie <laughs> that Jarrett gave me unprompted, um, but, but uh, it's got our our boy Chuck Bronson in it, and uh, it's a horror movie. This, uh, uh, it's, or a detective. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a serial type. killer type deal. Um, yeah. Canon films should be noted. Yeah. And uh, so uh, you gave this to me a while ago and I was like, oh, I'll get to when I'm done Metroid. So uh, my I made good on that word. And this is the man who brought us Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. One of the best Planet of the Apes films, Jared, so in J- my opinion. Yeah, J- uh, Jay Lee Thompson. Jay Lee Thompson. So uh, he did 10 to Midnight. And this film follows... You also directed uh, Cape Fear that I just watched the other week. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, so there's some big hitters in this bad boy. Um, Charles Bronson's like a secondary character, I would say. He's not in... Not until like the back end where he's in more scenes, but the first like 20 minutes, he's not really in this very much. But what you do is you follow this kid who's an incel, and there's actually... And I know what you guys are going to say. He's not an incel. He is an incel because they, in his like introduction, they show him trying to pick up girls and getting rejected and him acting out in violence because of it. So I think that's textbook incel stuff here. Uh, so we got this guy, he can't get girls. So he comes up with elaborate plans to uh, murder them and stab them. And Rossi, you know Rossi Jarrett from Criminal Minds. You know Fat Tony. Of course. Rossi would say he gets off 
on stabbing them because he's impotent. He can't have sex with them, so he stabs them as a substitution. That's what Rossi would say. Uh, so this guy goes around. He's stabbing ladies. And uh, his kind of main thing is that he does it naked. Mm-hmm. And at first, they did, there's no there's no lead up to this. It's just the first time you see him kill someone, he's just naked. And you go, wait a minute. Why is he naked? Because the lady was naked, but she was doing it. So you're like, I understand why they're naked. And then when he approached, I was like, wait a minute. Why is the killer naked also? But then it becomes a thing. It's he, actually a major plot point of this movie. But I, think, I think he's a runner's on. He, uh, no, he's barefoot in the oh, woods. He? Okay. Yeah, I noticed because I went, holy fuck, that would hurt. Because I was like, I'm not going to be running barefoot in the woods like that. Because I, it made me, my, it made my feet hurt. So this guy's naked running around. Then we got, uh, we cut over the Charles Bronson. He's a old kind of detective working the case. He sees things other people don't. He gets paired with a young kind of younger not even younger just like a kind of like his his partner's a younger guy uh chuck's got a daughter in like a sorority house and um he cares for her and she starts getting calls from a stalker and charles bronson goes oh no 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 i know who this son of a bitch is he's like because they've been working the case a little bit so uh charles bronson narrows in on him pulls him in and they don't have enough evidence to hold him but charles bronson's like i know what you're doing i see you you naked son of a bitch i see you and then it becomes a cat and mouse game because the serial killer's like i'm gonna get your daughter and charles bronson's like i'm gonna get you and that and then that's what the rest of the movie is i'm i'm not getting too into detail because this is actually a real good show yeah i I think i think everyone should watch so Uh i'm just trying to hit the bullet points for you jerry and and the naked thing i i wouldn't even say that but it's in the description so it's like it's hard it's hard not to talk about him being naked while he kills people yeah um (laughs) but this movie has some like insane stuff in it all the naked killing stuff is just like it's it's unbelievable you're watching you're like this dude just full naked for so long uh it's actually like a well put together like um a serial killer thing like he's got good ideas on like how to like get away from stuff you're just like oh yeah you're like i didn't think about that but now that i see it it makes sense you're like that was a well like plotted out thing roger Um, ebert gave this movie zero stars when it came off he he's he's such a dick he's got no taste no it's you know why because he really uh, him and him and Siskel, they hated this like strain of uh, you know misogynistic serial killer movies of the eighties and stuff like that, uh, where they're just like stalk stalker movies. Like he, they hated them, and yeah. so every time they came out, they just fucking shit. They shitted on them. They're just like these movies are sick. It's really well made, but disgusting. <laughs> That's like pretty well I mean, their their line, and they're very consistent. I think, but I would yeah. say get over it, Grandpa. Yeah, you know what I mean. This movie's awesome. It is. So like, when you're watching Charles Bronson's detective work, you're like, this is terrific. Uh, the 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 kind of like jumps he kind of goes to, you're like, it, it's nothing crazy where you'd be like, mm, that doesn't make sense. You're like, oh, that's kind of funny. Uh, the incel guy, he is like, one, he's king incel, I think. Like he's got a poster of him in like karate gi up in his like, wa- uh, like in his room. And Charles Bronson's like, you into karate, eh? And you're just like, mm-hmm. 
uh, they pull them in, and uh, the the screenshot that you sent me, and then I sent you one back. What do they find in his apartment, Jarrett? Well, that he gets questioned on. There is like a couple of scenes where uh, they're going through through his drawers back at the apartment, mm-hmm. and he finds a device. <laughs> uh, it, it it looks kind of well, like, it's a, like a hair dryer. Well, it's like a, or like a some sort of like uh, mechanical device that he's modified. Um, with a uh, kind of like a penis sheath, um, a pocket pussy, or, a, uh, or kind of like nineteen eighties fleshlight. Yes, but it looks like it's a self-made one. Yeah, potentially. Or yeah, it's yeah. just cobbled together. <laughs> so you get a shot of like when first when Charles Bronson finds it, and he's looking at it, and he's like, yeah, and he's oh, oh hey. Because uh, oh, watch yeah. it, kid. Yeah, he, I think he would have. Because uh, uh, Chuck Bronson was a very like uh, very uh, devoted man to his to his wife Jill Ireland, and so okay, and so he he had he had, he had a pretty strong moral core of of certain things, and so I, I kind of wonder his like disdain with this device. It probably mm-hmm. came to him very naturally because he busts this bad boy out during the interrogation. Cause this guy, the, the, the suspect, uh, he's got mm-hmm. like those Patrick Bateman kind of vibes to him. Yeah. Yes, he does. Uh, and <laughs> so the first time you watch this movie, you don't know. You're just like, Oh, Chuck Bronson. He's just like a weird grandpa, older uncle uh-huh. guy. who like, he probably vaguely remember as a kid, but he died like, you know, years ago. But then it turns out he made movies, and so you get to relive mm-hmm. like his life through his his films. And so you're watching your grandpa, uncle, weird guy, and he's acting away, and he suddenly pulls mm-hmm. this thing out. He's like, "Yeah, you know what? What is it? What you know what this is? You know what this is?" <laughs> Says, "You want to tell us what this is for?" And the guy goes, "No, I don't know. I don't know. He, he I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know." Charles Bronson goes, "It's for jacking off, isn't it?" And then you then you burst out laughing. And then you rewind it, and then you watch it again, and then you rewind it again, and that's when you pull out the phone. And that's when you have to record it for all time's sake. So you can always, like, when you need to, just get that fix. You just go play, and you hear it, and you just burst out laughing again. Yeah, it was terrific. I When I saw that, I went, whoa. <laughs> I went, oh, man, we got one here. Uh, I mean, the movie was already good up to that point, but uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> um, so you got stuff like that in here, which is just hilarious. And then there's other scenes that, like, I find, like, super, like, I don't know. Like, I think it had to have been intentional. Like, it was it was clearly intentional, but it's, like, so funny. So, like, when the the killer, they don't have enough to, like, hold him. Which isn't like a spoiler because like he gets out and then it's a cat and mouse game, but uh, it shows him like driving away and then like Chuck Bronson is just kind of following him, but like non discreetly, like he pulls up beside him and like as he's slowing down, Chuck Bronson's like already facing the other guy's car and he just kind of slowly slides into place and he's smiling like and then it holds there for like a minute and then the guy like drives off and then like chuck bronson like pulls up beside him again and he's like already facing the car again smiling and that happens for like three minutes and i was like i was watching this and i was like what the fuck is going on i was like what were they doing um 
but it's not like goofy in a bad way. It, I was just like, this is super funny. And I was like, and it had to have been intentional. Like, cause there's no way that they were trying to play this straight, like as an intimidation thing. It was just like, this is mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, and so and, yeah, 10 to midnight is and, real good. And it's got the marvelous ending. <laughs> oh yeah. The ending's nuts. Cause man. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick. It's a justice system. I'll get out. And when I get out, I'm going to get you. Because yeah. it's the justice system. And yeah. I'm going to get you. Because yeah. I'm going to get out. Bad. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, real good. Um, And everything else is good. Like, the the dot, the dynamic with the daughter is good. Like, she's not, like, um, incompetent. Like, there's a scene of her fighting back and stuff, which is which is cool. Uh, and then there's on it. There is a lot of long shots of this dude just naked. Just full fucking naked. Like, for 10 minutes at a time this guy so i wonder what they told him like if he was going to be like some kind of big thing from this or i don't know i don't know just just, you know what I mean? just follow what we're telling you it'll be all right mm-hmm. the point is it's a good show nice. and i think that should be the takeaway i think so uh yeah this yeah, one when, should be on more people's radars, I think. Absolutely. Uh, when I was uh, dropping this off to you, in my mind, I was like, oh, I should warn him about the, the one character in this. But I was confusing my my movies, my Charles Bronson canon movies, because there's this one called Murphy's Law. His uh, his sidekick in the movie, oh, she's bad so... Dude. Uh, Kathleen Willett, Willow? Mm. Oh, she's so bad. Just like... She's a... I think she calls him like... Like I think just like the type of movie where people get called like penis breath and like she's got some like she calls people this constantly and it mm, is annoying. Yeah, well yeah, we're actually here's some of the examples. Dildo nose, booger bits, snot licking donkey fart, butt crust. <laughs> That's the one. Butt crust is pretty good. And snot rag. And but it's like the entire fucking movie. It's just like I that. like I like the butt from, crust, and this is from the same director. Hmm. It is. Yeah, J. Lee Thompson mm. also directed Murphy's Law. This one, this one is yeah, yeah, not she's. It's uh, no ten to midnight. Arabella McGee. Yeah. Arabella McGee. That's the That's most the made up name. name I've ever. It's, it's, a, it's a character's name. It's it. What's it, your name? Uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's my name, too. You're coming with us. <laughs> Fuck, that's a dumb name. But, that's, oh, that, well. That's my crypto name. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just actually pulled up my... Uh, sh- Anyways, uh, I mean, if you be more again, as I said, I think I think people should watch this, so I won't get too, too much into it, but uh, it, it's a good show. Excellent. Excellent. I was just going to mention uh, a few other uh, canon picks that out of all the canon movies I've seen, uh, the other ones I would recommend. Uh, Cobra with uh, Stallone. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Cobra is good stuff. Pretty entertaining. Bloodsport with yep. uh, Jean Claude uh, is also very mm-hmm. uh, enjoyable. The, the best, the absolute best canon movie that I've watched is Runaway Train with uh, John Voight. That movie is Ooh. awesome. Really, really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- uh, 52 Pickup uh, with Roy Schneider. 
which is also directed by John Frankenheimer, uh, coincidentally. Mm. Roy Scheider, uh, yeah, it's like a James Elroy, or not James Elroy, Elmore Leonard um, story it's based on. And it's uh, very, like, dark and violent in the weirdest ways. But also, like, it has this, like, good sense of humor that Elmore Leonard stuff always has. But then it has these dark turns. It's a really good villains. Uh, Penitentiary mm. 3 is amazing. And when I watched this movie back in 2015, I think I was like, someone's got to put this out on Blu-ray. And guess what, RJ? Vinegar Syndrome has come through, and it's now available. Uh, really? Also, uh, there's the movie Avenging Force from 1986 with Michael Dudikoff. So this movie has absolutely no right to be as, like, dark as good as it, as is. it is it's so violent mm. and like people you would never oh they're not going to kill those people they're they got like magic shields around them in movies not an avenging force no no it's a very mm. very cool movie and then there's also this one uh from 1989 uh starring well it features jim brown downtown jimmy brown called crack house mm. <laughs> uh it is so scummy so so scummy in a good way uh i don't know in the way i kind of enjoy these movies uh here's the tagline getting in is easy getting out is pure hell (laughs) rick and melissa are a pair of young lovers hoping to get out of the slums for good and escape the poverty and crime their families and friends have gotten involved in all this comes to an end when rick feels he must rejoin his old gang to avenge the killing of his brother by a rival gang in the course of getting hmm. even, Rick is arrested, leaving Melissa without anyone to protect her. She falls in with a crack dealer and quickly becomes addicted to the drug. When she gets sold oh, to a drug kingpin by a minor dealer to pay off his debt, only Rick can save her. Sounds decent. It's uh, yeah, it's a big old slice of scum movie making, but good, hmm. good times. Uh, yeah, because my review for this movie back in the day was, so for the first half of the movie, you might be going, where's the crack house? I want to see the crack house. Or where's Jim Brown? He's got top billing. And then the second half of the movie answers those questions, and this becomes something of a classic. Hmm. So you're saying there's a chance. And I've watched that movie after I have watched Dead Calm, a movie I, I, I stand for. Yep. I, uh... I'm well aware of your dead calm enthusiasm. Got to do it. It's been discussed. Yeah, that's. Well, a... I missed the chance though. Why? Because dead wasn't dead calm supposed to go with a knife in the water. You just watch it anytime you want. Yeah, I know, but I if we don't watch the remake or like whatever with the movie itself, I always feel like I missed it, and then it's like, why bother oh. now? Well, see, annoyingly, dead calm is not available to stream anywhere right now because otherwise, it'd say nothing hey. is. That that is a, a great piece of uh, Andy pick right there. I think it's probably on fucking Every, Apple ev- TV. Ev- everyone loves it. No, it's not on anything apparently. Deadcom. Yeah. Deadcom's an Andy pick. You said. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. It's, it's just a good thriller. Hmm. Aren't they all? Uh this one's like anyone can watch it. You don't have to be like uh, willing to accept Charles Bronson as your lead. <laughs> Talk, I mean, who talk, talking about jacking off? <laughs> I mean, I honestly like. I don't know. People can like what they like, but it's like, how can anyone not like Charles Bronson? He's just a, he's just a fun guy to watch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every time I see him, I just go, eh. <laughs> it's Chuck, the the catfish, the catfish himself. I love it. 
Who doesn't love Chuck? Come on. Come on. Come on. You know what I mean, Jared? Come mm-hmm. on. So that's it? That's all you watched? Uh, movie-wise, yeah. I mean, I've watched a ton of uh, Millennium, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you... Yeah, maybe is that going to be a Patreon exclusive? Yeah, I think it might have to be. Might have to be? Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, one day... And actually, I mean, it's like I said, I can go through it as fast or as slow as you want. Like, episode by episode, I'm going to go, this is my review. This is what the episode's about. Okay, next. It'll be like a minute each. <laughs> but there is 22 episodes a season, so. That's a lot. Still a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll How see. much are people willing to pay for this? Millions? We'll have to find out. Hundreds, potentially? Hundreds. A dollar? Well, just think. Hundreds? If, you, if you're already a Patreon. You're going to get it no matter what. And if you're not, mm-hmm. well, I mean, we're probably doing you a favor. That's probably true. Probably true. We can uh, we can do it when our next guest is on and make them suffer f- through it. And <laughs> then uh, <laughs> and then just cut that out and put it on as a Patreon thing. People or like, not. People do like to suffer. People do and like pay why would they be for listening the to opportunity. This if they didn't? You know. Yeah. If they're listening to this one, they obviously mm-hmm. want self infliction right of course infliction you know i watched the movies rj oh you did shit what did you watch uh well i watched a sam pick from way back when sam peck and paul yep sam peck and paul uh okay he wrote in the one time and he was like sunny boy you mm. got you gotta watch hell's a poppin from 1941 Ah, yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, you remember? You hear about I remember. this? You remember this one? Mm-hmm. Sam Peckinpah mm-hmm. was like, "You guys got to watch this thing. It's on YouTube." Uh, I, I have a feeling that you might just not like this at all because it is, yeah, Grandpa times. Mm, well, I don't mind Grandpa stuff. No, well, this is usually. I mean, it's Grandpa comedy. Oh. I was going to say the Sam the Sam and Jarrett stuff is usually a little rougher than grandpa stuff. That's why I'm usually not on board, but if it's grandpa comedy, are we talking about like the um the the bank dick kind of grandpa comedy? Uh, Marx Brothers ish. They just mm. like, that'd be, I mean, it's more close to that kind of level of non-stop zaniness and I mean it is pretty unrelenting. It, it's kind of a, okay. it's amazing how uh dense the jokes are. Like it, yeah. And I mean, for the material that it is, for the style it's delivered, it's I think really cool. Um, and you, you just, yeah, you just marvel at how compressed this thing is. And then they have a couple of musical numbers that are almost just breaks from the all the shticks they do. And you're just like, that was this eighty four minutes long. You just like mm-hmm. always imagine that oh they're going to run out, they're going to run out of ideas. And no. <laughs> They don't. It, it, it's a it's a pretty amazing little piece of movie making that uh, was H. C. Potter. Harry Potter directed this. Harry Potter did this fucking movie. No, nope. that dude doesn't do any movies anymore, man. No, he doesn't. Look at him. He That's crazy. Wear, he doesn't wear glasses anymore. Who Harry Potter? Yeah. So no, not really. Henry Codman. Henry Codman. Oh. Fuck, hardly knew him. Yeah. Which is a. <laughs> Uh, 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 yes, this movie is just about these two stage comedians who are, it's like a meta movie and they're trying to make Mm. a movie and then there's like a filmmaker projecting their movie and they're having conversations with the projectionist Mm. as the movie's being made before your eyes. Um, there's some 
like amazing dance number where people go to hell right off the bat and you're seeing like all these shirtless mm. devil dudes just hanging out in hell it's worth it just to watch that because that's the first five minutes shirtless and then about devil dudes you say did you shirtless devil dudes they're in the uh banner of the movie on letterboxd interesting yeah so that's that's a lot of fun a very uh dynamic new vision of hell I've, that unlike the one last seen in spawn well i mean some people for a lot of people the vision of hell is a lot of naked dudes dancing on them not me mm-hmm. i think that'd be awesome but uh you know some people do have that opinion man so some people do have that opinion about 40 minutes in uh you get this really famous dance number that I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of. It's called like the Lenny or something like that. They're... The Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, the Lenny Kravitz dance with your yeah your balls coming out. Uh... <laughs> Did you ever look that up? Yeah, yeah. You sent it to me on on the air. Yeah, did you watch it though? Like, did you actually watch I, it? I watched the GIF. Yeah, I, I did. It's all there. Man. So... Anyway, so this dance yeah. number though is like a is wild. It's nuts. Like the athleticism in this dance sequence is also remarkable. And then the movie just like it's just a goof. It just got so much stuff in it. Um, it's a pretty special little movie, and I think way more people should know about it. And like I said, it's available for the low low price of free on YouTube. Because who knows whenever this is ever going to come to video or a streaming system or whatever it's from universal i don't know why they don't put this out on blu-ray or something come on uh, i mean i don't know either i don't, I don't know either so i watched that hmm. i then and watched you liked it i did yep it's a recommend yep. for me for people who care about that sort of stuff mm-hmm. i watched two documentary series uh, the first one is Fighting in the Age of Loneliness, which is directed mm-hmm. by uh, John Boyce, who you'll recall last year. John Voight? Boyce. Oh. Um, what did he do last year? He's the guy who did those um, data visual- visualization documentaries on sports that I watched, the history of the Seattle Mariners and the Bob Emergency. Mm-hmm. It's actually yeah, it's almost probably. I remember the Bob I, emergency. Yeah, and then there's the one on the yeah. Seattle Mariners, which was also good. So this is the mm-hmm. one I was holding off on watching this one for no particular reason. I think it's like mm-hmm. his earliest of these two. I just didn't watch it till this weekend. Uh, and what it is is it's just an overview of the history of MMA slash UFC. A little bit of pride in there. It's mm-hmm. narrated by Felix Biderman who is one of the podcast hosts from the show Chapo Trap House, which I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with at all. Uh, did you say Sapo Trapo? Chapo. Chapo Remember, Chapo? Remember, remember El Chapo? I know El Capo. <laughs> El, that dude uh, is a bad dude. Uh, so Chapo Trap Sean Penn knows House. him. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> what else did he do? I'm here. I'm listening. Did, what did, else did, did he do? Felix Spiderman? That's it. That's that, that's that's what this guy does. So he's the narrator, 
and oh, okay. I think he's the writer of the narration for this. And John Boyce does all the visualization stuff. So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're interested or having a passing knowledge of MMA and kind of curious about its phases and eras and stuff, this is a great way of finding that thing out. And, and it's peppered with um, Dana White knowledge and the both the uh, Dana White, the Fertitta brothers, their kind of vague uh, relationships to crime. Um, mm. How Dana White's a big, big fan of uh, one Donald Trump. A big fan? Big fan. Yeah. Like, unironically? Unironically. Because uh, mm. Donald Trump believed in him in uh, saving the UFC back in like 2004, and they put up their shows at like one of Trump's casinos. So yeah, he was uh yeah he That's was on he, he was on the campaign trail back in 2016 at the one of these conventions uh, for Trump, saying that this guy's gonna make America better. So did he? Uh, I'll leave that to the the eggheads out there to to figure mm-hmm. that one out, settle all matters. So, uh, yes, yeah, so this is like I don't know. How interested are you in MMA? Not much. Yeah. I I mean I used to watch it, but now I I'm not gonna lie to you. I could care. I I, I you could care I, less. I I could not. Oh, care you less. couldn't care less than you do. Yes, because honestly, I mean it's fine. I got nothing against it. It's just I don't care if I watch it. I don't care. This is like you know two, what I mean. This is two hours long and. It's well made. It's not like your usual type of documentary. Mm. In a good way or a bad way? In a good way. Okay. So it's just all about MMA? Yeah. Like, that's literally, like, well, yeah, that's literally what it's about. Is there and a lot I, of shirtless dudes? Uh, yeah. I mean, unless they're wearing their gi. <laughs> how, how many gi do you own? Uh, I own zero. You don't own any gi? I have no gi. How many you got there? I, I, I got see, that whole... You, yeah, closet. Yeah, I see that, that whole closet. closet's full of gi. Really? You, you've you sat for me before. Why don't you ever wear it to the show? I mean... You this, want me to put the gi I thought, on? I thought we were trying to be professional here. You should be wearing your well, gi. Well, I know, but the gi comes off hostile because people know that when you're wearing gi, yeah. you're there to do something. You, you know what I mean? You might, like, you might lock up here and uh, do some graps. Well, I mean, it just it, it gives the it gives the it gives the person that you're with the kind of like I don't know it creates anxiety in them because they're like this guy's gonna gee me here mm. he's gonna gee me and I go yeah I might I might I might <clears throat> but you know you never but so yeah I mean I think this one's kind of a tougher sell because of the kind of the the, the feeling that people have with mixed martial arts and UFC. Mm. Doesn't get any respect. Doesn't get any respect. But I think no it's, respect. Um, if one were interested in the subject, I would say check it out, uh, mm-hmm. and then check out probably any of the John Boyce documentaries. I think they're better than this one, though. I see better? that there is the history of the Atlanta Falcons that has come along. Ah, that would be cool. Yeah, it is uh, four hundred and thirteen minutes. So I'm not sure how many parts that is off the top of my head. 413 minutes? Yeah. Do the math. It's Divided probably like, 60. It's like, it's like three hours. That's not bad. Yeah, this one's like two. I'm just kidding. Um, 430 divided by 
Oh. What was it, 4.30 or was it something else? 4.13, I think I said. Okay. It's like almost seven hours. Oh. <laughs> That's going to bed. It's almost seven hours straight. Oh, boy. It's a little, it's That's, a little you know bit what, of though? hours. You know what? That's nothing. Because you know why? The, the next thing I watched after it mm. was I decided mm-hmm. to finally catch up with the latest Adam Curtis documentary series, Can't Get You Out of My Head. That came out back in January of this year. I had watched the mm-hmm. first part at the time, and I was absolutely not in the right mindset mindset to like actually focus on watching this because it is just going to be mm-hmm. an info dump, and I'm like I'm going to have to have like a word document just to type out names as things get brought up because. Did you do that? I did on this watch because, but then Shit. after the first episode or two. There's a big drop off with like keeping track of things because mm-hmm. you, you start fall, it starts to make sense more. But that first episode is a doozy, I think, because it's uh, about a lot of things that I was not aware of. Uh, for instance, mm-hmm. um, so I mean, I've talked about Adam Curtis, I think, before on the yeah. show. Yeah, a few times. A few times. I think he is uh, a very interesting, uh, talented filmmaker, director, who is a guy who. He reads a lot, and he has a lot of access to the BBC um, archives. So he has like lots of newsreel footage and B-roll, and he, either they have a really great system with like metadata and being able to keep track of things, and a lot of really metadata. and a lot. Of, I, I'm assuming he's got researchers that help with this process. Um, I like it his, could just I, be I, him. Could be just I could just be all him, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like he probably needs some people to help pull this along because this is pretty these are pretty big projects that he's working on or mm. he's got a very mm-hmm. fascinating way of working because these are just like books uh as films and th- this is 480 minutes um 480 and, yeah 480 minutes uh each episode there's six of them total they're about an hour and 10 a piece and then the last one is two hours Oh, it, yeah, it's, it, it is exhaustive, RJ. My word. Woof. So, uh, the first part of Can't Get You Out of My Head kicks off with the it's a, it's a thread that runs through all six parts is on the wife of Chairman Mao. Did, were you aware that Chairman like, Mao had a wife? In fact, I mean, two wives at least because he got divorced to marry this one. I mean, this might sound silly. I never really thought of it. It makes sense that he would. Uh, most of us have probably not thought about it. Yeah, I have not. I've never considered it. I thought chair. I mean, I've seen a lot of mouse stuff. I was there, dude. I saw it. Well, yes, you did see. You saw something. I saw something. I saw that big picture of Chairman Mao up there, but uh, mm-hmm. never crossed my mind. I was like, I wonder what this dude is doing in his spare time. Cause... What about the woman behind the man? The woman behind the man behind the woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, his so his wife, uh, Zhang Zing, um, she was an actress back in like the 1930s. Like, mm-hmm. so we're talking like still silent film and then early sound. She was she had she was very ambitious and wanted to become mm-hmm. like you know famous. Just wanted she wanted to be famous, uh, but it, it, it seemed like there was. Um, the industry, the Chinese film industry that existed, wasn't really feeling her. 
she felt. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, so she ran off to the caves where the the revolutionaries, the communist revolutionaries were hanging out. Because um, mm-hmm. she was going to find a new way of life. And she, she met Mao, who was already pretty well, I'm not sure if he was the leader or like kind of like one of the higher ups. In, in terms of uh, power within the, the group. And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm into this. So he wanted to get divorced. And all the others were like, whoa, 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 what the fuck are you doing, dude? Uh, and he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to do this. And then, uh, so, you know, time jump ahead to, you know, the, the when the communists t- start to take like, you know, take over uh, China mm-hmm. uh, and rise to power. Uh, things are going poorly. Uh, people are then, then so there's a cultural revolution. She got sent away because she's just too individualistic. It's a little bit too much about Damn. her, and it's not about that, RJ. It's about a collective action. So the collective we, the collective the royal we, <laughs> the royal we. Interesting. Um, and so yeah, so she gets kind of shelved. Um. Yes. Yeah, so was it? Yeah. The great leap forward. <laughs> as, 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 as they that call sounds. It. Maybe not good. Yeah. So uh, the other th- kind of thread that's being threaded here is there is these two guys, these two American men uh, who are the founders of uh, Discordianism. You know about that? You heard about this? Mm, I don't know much about Discordianism. Okay. Well, it's nonsense, essentially. It is. It okay. Is, it, it is a... Um, it's it's a it's a made up religious philosophy by these two guys who wrote a book called the Principia Discordia, uh, written by a guy named Greg Hill and a guy named Carrie Thornley. So these guys were just like you know a couple of like square looking nineteen fifties kids. They were they went mm-hmm. bowl, they went bowling and then they started talking about the universe and what the universe was and they had some fairly uh, out there ideas because like our image of like what American youths are doing is like Pleasantville. Mm-hmm. You don't think about like people thinking abstractly that much, even though obviously that's like ridiculous. People have always been thinking, uh, but they just, because you don't necessarily know that, that what they're thinking because they're not tweeting about it. Uh, people were having not interesting yet. thoughts about like how the universe is having chaos projected onto it or is the mm. universe chaos and we're projecting order on top of it. Those types of discussions are being had. Oh, I hate it. So um, I hate all that. <laughs> so sorry, keep going. Carrie, um, this guy, uh-huh. he just happens to know Lee or Harvey Oswald before anybody else did. He said he was one of the most interesting okay. people he'd ever met. Uh, and at this point, Lee Harvey Oswald defected and went to Russia. And mm-hmm. Carrie Thornley was like, man, this guy's just so cool. I want to write a book about him called The Idol Warrior. And <sighs> so uh, Harvey Oswald comes back and, like, you know, they're all hanging out in New Orleans. They're pals. New Orleans and they're friends. And then uh, uh-huh. one thing leads to another. And it's like, oh, Lee Harvey Oswald assassinated the president of the United States. And then people start going, how the fuck did you write a book called The Idol Warrior about a man who assassinated the president? What do you know, pal? Um, so these these guys he are said, "Well, he was idol." I told you. See, these are some interesting men. Like they, they, this, like uh, Carrie uh, Thornley guy. He's been interested in everything. He's just a guy that is drawn to ideas of all sorts. Um, mm-hmm. And 
I, I guess they remain friends. They wind up working as editors at Playboy magazine. And in like the 19, like what, 1970, I think they, they had an idea. They called it Operation Mindfuck. And one of the things they wrote in there was like a fake letter to the editor that they put in there uh, talking about the, the real power of America is the Illuminati, which is this ridiculous thing. It's a, as it's described in the documentary, is an 18th century Bavarian like group that okay. is like long dead. And they're just like, let's just make this up. And see if it's and see if it mm. sticks. <laughs> and, so, mm. and and it and it then it did, RJ. <laughs> are you sure though? There are there's no people who actually follow that, is there? <laughs> Talking about the Illuminati. Yeah, I know uh, there is. Yeah, so this is just kind of like one of those things. Like I had heard this before, but then you're watching it. I'm watching this as like in the documentary, and I was like. Oh, so they start making like so this documentary starts making these parallels and connections with, you know, the rise of QAnon. And you're like, how could anyone mm-hmm. believe anything so crazy? Well, you know, back in the 1950s, uh, there was the John Birch Society that was talking about how Dwight Eisenhower was actually a Russian plant, and he was like a pawn being controlled by Russia. For a second, when you said Russian plant, I was like, they thought he was made out of plant stuff. And <laughs> <Yeah>. then, <laughs> yes, like like a swamp thing. I was like, they thought he was a swamp thing. I was like, get the fuck out of here. And then I was like, oh wait a minute, he's still talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah. so yeah, so they have a little bit of footage, you know, of Jim Garrison, uh, played famously uh, yeah. by Kevin Costner and JFK. And it's like, yeah, no, yep. he was like the he's like this proto. Uh, QAnon type of guy believing this like mass conspiracy uh, beautifully mm-hmm. illustrated in the Oliver Stone movie mm-hmm. uh, you agreed. also agreed you also have um, there's also a thread about this kind of like minor like powerful like money a man with money who marries this like model and sort of like the public uh, kind of embarrassment happening to him because his wife makes their divorce public and this is a guy who's just like he wants he got married to this girl and he's like well now you can't go out and be a model anymore that's disgusting do you know what kind of people are out there like is you know he's possessive weird jealous type of man uh and but he's going out there at night and making sure she stays at home and he's just out there you know having sex with other women and won't even tell her about it. It's, it's not your business what I'm doing. Uh, and then eventually she files for divorce saying that it was abuse. And he's just like all like choked mm-hmm. up by it. Cause he's been like outed in this way. Uh, and he like apparently after being interviewed and this is back in like, you know, probably the sixties, he like kills himself. Uh, and so it's mm-hmm. kind of just an example of the, what's going on in the British empire as it's dealing with like mm-hmm. the 1960s and, uh, just the general mood, uh, at the moment Hmm. and then it kind of then the part two jumps into um stuff about the red army faction famously uh alluded to and shown a little bit in suspiria uh recently (laughs) the Hmm. uh yeah suspiria 2.0 yes i i i I know which one you meant you know what you're talking about uh it's it's got a little bit about uh the black panthers like the Marvel movie? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, and it focuses on uh, a per- one particular story, Afini Shakur. Like Tupac's mom? Tupac's mom. 
I know about uh, I know about Feeney. Yeah, yeah, she had a kind of a tough go. There was a lot of uh, legal disputes about uh, ownership um, and rights to the music afterwards, well, and she kind of got a she kind of got a rough deal. Yeah, I this believe this was this was all before that. She she had uh, she had legal problems long before that. Yeah, she had she had a few she had a few problems. She but had a yeah a bit going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the other elements that's established in part one is there's this this man um mike michael defretis who mm. goes on to become michael x he is uh, a curious character so he is a trinidadian who moves to england in the late 50s early 60s um and of course, this is a man who's like been ri- raised in a country that was colonized. And mm-hmm. when you're colonized, you get to experience like an education system coming down from you know your uh, occupiers, which is like how yeah. the, the England's the center of it, and we're all part of it, and it's wonderful. However, when you're a a, a colored man uh, who goes to this the center of the land that we all belong to, you realize that's not true. As a <laughs> As a as a as a racialized person, uh, it turns out we don't want you here. What the fuck are you doing here? Get the fuck out! That was his mm-hmm. experience. Um, and so, uh, as sometimes happens, uh, one of the things that gets uh, someone that like shows up uh, as a minority is you go down the the path of uh, crime because there's not a lot of avenues available to you. So he winds up becoming mm-hmm. a uh, bouncer essentially or an enforcer for this. Uh, man, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, but he was sort of like a slumlord, I guess, in these projects. But part of it is that it was in the wrong side. It was in Notting Hill. Um, and like, like it, the it, Hugh Grant movie, like the yeah, exactly as depicted in the Hugh Grant film, <laughs> Notting Hill. Well, okay. it turned out there was these, uh, you know, these old the, the houses that they have, that style mm-hmm. of home. Uh, yeah, they, 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 these you know had fallen into disuse and like you know post war it was probably cheap to pick them up. And this guy mm-hmm. who himself was like oh, he's got a pretty strange story, but also sounded like a real a real piece of work. Uh, he was mm. uh, a Jewish man who had been interned by Germans, escaped, went to Russia, got interned there, sent to Siberia, got to watch people eating one another, uh, got out from there. <laughs> Went back home, found out he had no country, goes to England, becomes the slumlord who just sees like life is just uh, one of constant survival, and you do what you have to do. Uh, this this Michael DeFridis guy becomes his enforcer. Uh, this uh, Pat, I want to say his name's Pat Roachman. Uh, so anyway, this guy. I know some, Pat Roach. Yeah, you know uh, he get Rack, Rackman. Pat Rackman. Hmm. Uh, it'll come up Different. here. Uh, Ratchman, that's his name. Mm. P- Peter Ratchman. So, Peter Ratchman is like demonized in the British press. You, you watch these video clips of how he, everything was talked about, and it is just like, ugh, man. But, um, Michael Friedis, he kind of like winds up taking over this, like these houses, and also radicalizes. But mm. he mm. is taking advantage of it. <laughs> like he's basically taking people's money. Uh, but it's it's a very it's a very curious story. He winds up fleeing uh, the country, going abroad, murders uh, the daughter of a conservative MP, uh, or being like involved mm-hmm. with her murder, and he is eventually caught by authorities and hung. 
but it, it's just mm-hmm. like this story of like you know, things you don't hear about. Well, and until until you listen to a podcast, until you listen to a podcast or watch a very good documentary about, it. and this is just like the part, the first two parts, and it just starts bringing all these threads together, and like the stuff about the Red Army faction. Mm. It's just talking about how like this was like also the beginning of like mass surveillance uh, that we just would become, mm. and like talking about you know one of these days we're going to need like like some sort of like computer to be able to keep track of people. And this is you said this was the QAnon uh, truthers uh, documentary or no? <laughs> this is um, this is this movie. This is a, an aware documentary. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't. It's not a QAnon type of thing. This is just like, hey, okay. here's information, interesting stuff. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. There's just there's so much. There's just lots of lots of depth, RJ. It's dense. 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 How long is it? Uh, 480 minutes. Jesus Christ. So I, I would say, I don't know if I would jump in on Can't Get You Out of My Head as my first Adam Curtis documentary. For, um, for a beginner, what would I say? Pandora's Box is really good, but I think Century of the Self you might really like a lot. I think that one's one of my favorites. It's got, it's Which one? Pandora's Box, you uh, said? Pandora's Box is really, really good. Uh, if you really want to know mm-hmm. more about, like... Hey, maybe science isn't the answer always. Uh, maybe sometimes, oh, like, okay. I, te- I, or sorry, technology isn't always the answer. It's mm-hmm. it's great. Century of the Self, I think, is even better. Mm, right. uh, that one's just about, yeah, it's about individualism mm. and like, or the self and like how that has been, that's a concept. It wasn't always a thing that we just knew about. It's grown over time. Uh, Power of Nightmares, I think is mm-hmm. one I've also talked quite a bit about in terms of, uh, it's the rise of, uh, neoconservatism with like uh, radical Islam and how they, they paralleled mm, one another mm-hmm. and then eventually they crossed paths and became one uh, they, maybe it was the radicalism that they made along the way yeah exactly uh, the trap kind of? the trap is about how uh, government kind of wants to give away its power while also keeping power and that's mm. that's really great talking about Bill Clinton and uh, Tony Blair. Uh, there's a bunch of little mm. short ones: mm. the rise and fall of the TV journalist. Uh, it felt like mm. a kiss. The rise of Odeerism. Uh There's the one on Richard Nixon, which is about just like how we've all become Nixon? we've all become Richard Nixon. Well, he's the uh, called... he won every battle but lost every war. Nope. Lost every battle, won every. <clears throat> what did he do? He liked beans, Richard Nixon. I remember. And he had a dog too, sweet dog. Yeah, uh, but he there, loved beans. One of his next bigger projects was this one called "All Watched Over by Machines of Loving Grace," which is also about technology, which I really want to kind of revisit now in light of the the seeming fact that things like Bitcoin and NFTs and blockchain aren't going away. Mm-hmm. But there's problems with that, nonetheless, and I think that's why it's maybe yeah, they're going yeah. to be. That's why they're going to be brought on board because it's not going to solve a, a goddamn thing. Um, Bitter Lake, yeah. I think, is too, my remember my memory of it is it's very unfocused in a way. But then it all came back around with hypernormalization, which I think is a super banger, and I think can't get you out of my head is like just so interesting. So there you go, folks. Get on that Adam like Curtis this. train. So like the Kylie Minogue song, Can't Get You Out of My Head? Exactly like that. 
Yeah, you, and you, yeah. hey, if you like footage of people dancing, Adam Curse is got kind covered. of dancing. Any kind of dancing, like um, Duncan it's, dancing. It's, it's all about it's all about a dance, RJ. How how, how often have you danced? Oh, in public. Ooh, not very, my friend. Not very. What, what's it going to take to make that happen? Uh, that'll take a lot of, take the right circumstance and probably quite a bit of alcohol and and being in a right and being in a very good mood. I see. I see. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I mean, it sounds cool. I don't, it's, as you pointed out, I, I don't really know anything about that guy. I haven't watched uh, other than what you've told me. But I haven't watched any. They all sound good. I just yeah, like you have to like once you investments. sit down, you you kind of gotta like have something to write this stuff down because it's a lot to keep track of, and it's really curious when you actually type it up and go, "Holy shit, this is real!" <laughs> like this, and this is like not. It feels like you're seeing secret history, and it's just on Wikipedia, and it's just right there. And you're like, why the fuck do, does no one know about this or talk about anything like this? I mean, like I said, like when I say like he reads, it's not like he's just like coming up with this because he's brilliant. No, it's because he reads other people. Like he finds people who are smart and he reads what they've written and he's like, oh, and he frames it that way. I was just like listening to um, some interviews uh, that he's given recently. And I mean, he's got some pretty, um, I don't know if I call them unique but he's got like these opinions on like, you know, the Trump presidency and like, you know, the mm-hmm. January 6th insurrection. And he's got like in- interesting interpretations of it where he's kind of like, but it's like part of the QAnon thing is this, the disappointment that nothing changed under Trump. And mm-hmm. so they've had to like come up with this conspiracy of why nothing changed. And it's because it's like, uh, well, it's because a cabal of child molesters are all trying to like block it. And like, they're all conspiring to do it. And that's like what they came up with. And the most recent mm-hmm. elements of this is that, well, you know, Trump, Trump knows what's up. Like he's like a freedom fighter and uh, John F. Kennedy and his son, John Kennedy Jr. Coming back. They're, well, they're, no, they, well, they're, they're coming out of hiding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they think they're alive which is like that's interesting i don't know why you would think that because they're dead but (laughs) like no those guys died and it's like no they're coming back they're (laughs) they're coming back how how old would jfk be um 30 because like by the time he went into hiding the aging process stopped or starts reversing the whole thing yeah 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 it does and it's like I mean, that's what they don't want you to know, I think is the biggest thing. I hear you. But that's part of the truth. I got you. It's part of the truth that we're trying to make visible. Visible. But Yeah. Yeah. No, anyway. But yes, Adam Curtis is a interesting person. You don't have to agree with everything he says, but... Uh, but it's 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 such a it's, I don't know, it's just such a different way of like there's a bit this montage uh, using MSNBC talking heads mm-hmm. of like like just like the, he does not buy into at all into the idea that like the, the Russians manipulated the election. Um, mm. He thinks that's just like people grasping at straws and trying to like, explain away how it happened. And yeah. uh, I mean that's fair. Yeah, and I mean I think it's it's true because it's like when I when I've heard it back, I'm like, what do you mean? It's like they didn't he they didn't make people vote. Yeah, I mean, there's probably yeah, sure. There's like, every, like guess what? The United States government has has definitely one hundred percent 
been involved in other countries' elections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is mm-hmm. like nothing new. And but now it's like, wow, this is the only way to explain how Donald Trump became president. It's like maybe he should no. uh, maybe the maybe the Democrats platform's like not as good as it could be. Maybe maybe there's uh, some, maybe there's some flaws there, perhaps. There is. But also I mean half of Americans just like that stuff. Like the Trump stuff, right? So it's like it's just what your country is, dude. Well, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can have you can think of a lot of other. I guess you can think about a lot of things about it, but yeah, this idea. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's amazing though because you can know, you go back and you're like, oh yeah, there's now it's like you know you had the crazy John Birch people back in back when who are like mm-hmm. Eisenhower is a Russian plant, but then it's like then you have uh, you know liberals who are like. Talking about the walls are closing in. This is going to be the smoking gun. This is going to be the thing that gets Trump out. And this idea of just throwing out, oh yeah, every week he's, he's being controlled by Putin. <laughs> like he's, he's like he's definitely mm. doing that. You're just like, I don't think that's it. But man, yeah. Anyway, great man, great stuff. Adam Curtis, check it yeah, out. It check it good. out. Check it out, folks. Uh, you could also check out uh, this was by courtesy of the Junk Food Dinner podcast. They're watching Ooh. the, um, I think for their week's episode, I noticed that they logged the uh, the 1987 Holiday Gift Guide hosted by Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. Mm. <sighs> and one of the things that they, oh, this thing, it's on YouTube. And because the, they're so boring. Well, so yeah. this is like 43 minutes long, this like show. And it's just them like looking at products from 1987, which might give some people a thrill if they like kind of, uh, you know, archival footage. Uh, but what they did mm-hmm. was they were showcasing the Fisher-Price Pixel Vision Pixel 2000 Low Fidelity Camcorder. Uh, they're wow. showing that off as a gift. And so what they did, RJ, is they mm-hmm. each made their own film. Siskel and Eber both made a film. Yeah, and then they had to like, then they reviewed one another's show, their their movie on the show. Uh, mm. Ebert's was called Citizen Yuppie, and Gene Siskel's a confessional documentary. And I gotta say, uh, mm. of the two, I think Gene Siskel beat out old Ebert's. Ebert's an old pervert. Everyone knows it. This one is like, as there's a revelation about the dorkiness of Roger Ebert. Uh, with his his BMW car, his license plate RJ, Rosebud. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yup. Oh my god. It's What's your license plate, Jarrett? Pod man. Uh, number and letters. <laughs> that one. It's a good one. Oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> stupid. I just like how you recline back into this <laughs> echo. He's so stupid. He's so stupid. He is. Like, everything that... Anytime we talk about him, he always gets it wrong. I Well, we re- like... remember that I'm always going to probably bring up the thing that will annoy you the most. He wasn't always annoyed, I, I mean, I'm sure. But, because remember... I mean, I hey, know. He, his I be- know. His, and remember, hey, just, just so... Uh, be careful here, RJ, because I think his absolute best piece of writing that he ever probably did, uh, the stuff I've read is... The Blade uh, 2 review? Do the right thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know he has good reviews. Like, he wouldn't have been a famous film critic if he didn't know what he was talking about sometimes. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just sometimes what he says, I'm just like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, oh, the, it's like do you even no, know what movies him are? And, him, no, those, those two did some pretty fucking bizarre things. Like, 
Mm. I think they were like, I'm going to put the name and phone number of the director of this movie. Like, I think they did something like that because they didn't like one of these slashers or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, they're fucking like, they did some that's, really crazy things. Different, that's some incel stuff. It was a different time. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine if someone did something like that now? They're like, hey. You, you mean like Spike Lee? Is... You remember when Spike Lee did that? Spike Lee put out people's like phone numbers and addresses. Like, addresses? Yes. Yep. Oh, that's not good, Spike. He sure you sure did. You shouldn't do that. He did. That was during the Trayvon Martin stuff, I believe. Um, Who, who's whose address is? Because I, I imagine, and, and, and it was the Spike, wrong. And I do, and happy. I do believe it was like the wrong information too, because it always is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That was one of those like embarrassing. Yeah, that's not good stuff. Spike Lee Twitter address. Got to make sure I get those details right on this stupid uh, yeah, story that's... from Blade Oh yeah, what is? Oh no, uh, Spike. Bad, Spike. This is 2013. Spike Lee sued for angrily posting wrong Zimmerman address on Twitter. Director accidentally posted elderly couple's address. Mm. And at an elderly See, couple is suing Spike Lee after he mistakenly posted their address on Twitter. Lee, incensed by a lack of legal action against George Zimmerman in March last year, directed his followers to an address in Sanford, Florida. Although Lee believed the address was Zimmerman's, it in fact belonged to Elaine and David McLean, a couple of Florida residents with no connection to the man who fatally shot 17-year-old Trayvon Martin the month before. Uh, the lawsuit acknowledges that Lee soon realized his error and deleted the original tweet, but notes that the tweets featuring the McLean's address still continue to appear on Twitter. The most recent was posted November 10th, a full 18 months after Lee's mistake. Yeah. Yeah. No good, Jared. Yeah. No good. Internet... That's on you, Spike. You mm-hmm. You should not have done that, buddy. No. You, you should not have done that. It's a bad call. Bad, bad call. People, yeah. Yikes. It's, uh, thanks. Yikes is what I say. Thanks, social media. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, so anyways, if you guys want to find Jarrett, his address is... Here, here's my license plate. And his license plate... My, my, my sin. And his size down there is... So, just so you know. Hey, Archie, you got any was... uh, news for us? Fuck no, yeah, I don't got news. There's no news anymore. Well, there is, is new Criterion's coming out in March. Whoa! When are they gonna stop? Never, sadly. Ugh. I can't wait till. Well, the, as soon as they stop doing the numbered spines, we're out, buddy. Is that gonna ever happen? Good. Um. Hopefully. Are you excited for adoption, directed by Marta Mestros? I don't know if I've ever been more excited than I am now. Okay. For adoption. Marta Mazaros is a trailblazing auteur. This is a 1970s Hungary film. Hungary? Yeah. Hungarian. Hungarian. Yeah. Hungarian. Oh, that's Hungarian for you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, We're getting a re-release or release of Le Circle Rouge. Old Jean-Pierre Melville, mm-hmm. who we've talked about on this show. <laughs> That's a pretty good Sucrage. Not bad. Uh, we've got Flight of the Phoenix, directed by Robert Aldrich, starring one Jimmy Stewart, and got it's got some Attenborough in there. 
You like mm. that? You like Richard Attenborough? You I like, know. Do you like Peter Finch? You like? Do you like Ernest Borgnine? I do. Yeah, I do. So yes, I agree with that. Whatever that is. It's a that war sounds movie. Fine to me. Sounds the, fair. They're out in the desert. Yep. I think it's a. War yeah, it's a movie. desert pick. Uh, they're going to yep. Benghazi. Uh oh. Well, Michael Bay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got a new edition of Martin Scorsese directed films. Uh, one that I'm like, oh, well, I don't want this. Uh, the Last Waltz mm. from 1978. Do you know the band? Oh. The band. I do know the band. The band. Well, this is a musical documentary concert. The Last Waltz from 1978. I think it's a 1976 event. Uh, yeah, I've seen this once, and I was just like, this could have been directed by anybody, any any person at all. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the the Does Marty. Really dire- stand out? I'm not a fan of the Marty directed concert films. They're, they're they're not those aren't those shouldn't count. I mean, is that kind of like the uh, the Bergman? opera or play films this is even stupider <laughs> like, i don't know i i'm not a music uh, concert people i know people are but i'm not I've, I, I listen to my music i don't need to see them i can just hear it with my I headphones thought, or doing other things while it's playing I, on youtube or something that's all i need I, but i thought you were jared concert duncan was that not your nickname a, a, in imp, high school impresario <laughs> yeah Jared Impresario. Uh, That's what they used to call you. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Theodore Witcher's Love Jones from 1997. I don't know what this movie is. Sounds strange. Uh, see, you're steeped in the bohemian cool of Chicago's 1990s black creative scene. Love Jones, the smart, sexy, and stylish debut feature of writer-director Theodore Witcher, is a love story for anyone who has ever wondered, how do I know when I found the one? Laren how do you know? and Nia Long have magnetism and chemistry to burn as the striving, artistically talented 20-somethings. He's a poet, she's a photographer, who spark over their love of literature and jazz, but whose mutual reluctance to commit to a relationship leaves them both navigating an emotional minefield of confusion, jealousy, and regrets. Velvety Mm -hmm. cinematography, an unforgettable eclectic soundtrack, sophisticated dialogue, and refreshingly low-key naturalistic performances by an ensemble cast that also includes Isaiah Washington, Lisa Nicole Carson, Bill Bellamy, Bernadette Speaks and Leonard Roberts come together in an intoxicating, seductively moody romance that engages both the heart and the mind. It sounds like a slam dunk. Slam Duncan? It sounds like a slam Duncan is what I think. What do you think, Jared? I don't know. Is it a slam Duncan? One day. One day we'll even have to watch it. No, we won't be alive by then. No one on Earth will be alive by that point. Come on. It's true. That's just a stone-cold fact. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, All right. that's it for news. Want to get honest? Uh, oh. Um, See what I mean there? We're <laughs> more duplicitous than anything else. Hmm. 
Wow. Lincoln. After the break. Uh-huh. Going to uh, sit back and put up my long freak legs. And, uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. whittle and look off into the horizon. The what? The horizon. Beyond the horizon. Behind the sun. At the end of the rainbow. Life has only begun. In the long hours of twilight Neath the stardust above Beyond the horizon It is easy to love Fellow citizens I presume you all know who I am A great American actor I've been solicited by many friends to become a candidate for the legislature. A great American filmmaker. My politics are short and sweet. A great American man. If elected, I shall be thankful. Young Mr. Lincoln. It's an American movie classic. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about young Mr. Lincoln. From 1939, directed by John Ford. He's here, RJ. Holy shit. The one-eyed man. <laughs> what is he bringing with him? Um, What's he bringing with him this week? Pappy? I, I don't know. Did you, did you yeah, know that's what did you know that's what people called him? His friends? They, they all we all called him Pappy, is what Henry Ford told me. No one uh like like Pappy no McCoy. Happy McPoyle, yeah, G- GDT himself. That's right. Oh shit, shit. Yeah, yeah. So been... what else was he doing? What else did he bring with him? Well, we've been because... antici- we've been at- anticipating John Ford for a long time since like oh, week since, one. Since like whenever I watched the John Ford documentary, uh, and there's that uh, hilarious anecdote. Uh, I think from Spielberg. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> John Ford. Seems like a crabby guy, mm-hmm. but uh, also like very. To Seems the, a little prickly. A little, little to the point. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I believe it's like, where's the horizon? <laughs> and we've we've never. You didn't even see this yourself, but you've had my description to go off of, and it's just that's what we've been talking about for a very long time. Um, there's the one that I forgot about um, from that same documentary, uh, Peter Bogdanovich, where he was like mm-hmm. asking like in stagecoach like one of like the i think even before that like about the scene with like like how did you do it like with like there's like you know hundreds mm-hmm. of people all lined up and you did all the shots simultaneously he's like how did you do it and his and the forest response was with a camera <laughs> i love it it's oh, like oh thanks because bog's such like bog's kind of a wiener you know <laughs> like if you know Bog, you know you're like he's kind of a wiener. I can speak to him like that. We're well, casual enough. We, I can talk Doctor Melfi's uh, psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah, he's a wiener in that too. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like honestly, I think this was like the first like month or two of doing the podcast. You brought up this John Ford thing, and I've never been able to forget the Horizon because all he's ever because that was like his one like one piece of like input to other filmmakers they're like what are you doing he's like find the horizon 
where's the horizon? Yeah. Get the horizon. And then it's like, man, the horizon. What a time to be alive. What a, what a time to be alive. Terrific. So, yeah, it's a, I didn't realize this is the first one we've had because we talk about it every week almost, it seems. It's, so, it, uh, it might seem like it. But here, yeah. our first taste of Ford. Big Ford. Are you a Ford guy? Uh, I don't know. You know who is is Sam Loveland, who uh, he was like really Ooh. sad that he was he wasn't on this episode. He wasted it all naked. I said, "Hey, you come on." He's like, "No, no, no. It wouldn't be fair to the other <laughs> guests, past and, and future." And I was like, "What do you mean? Like it'd be too good? It would, it would shame them all, or mm-hmm. or what? I don't understand mm-hmm. this." So anyway, well, so he, he I mean, he's, come on for my he's a big he's a big he's a big Ford boy. You could go back and listen to that naked episode and in the preamble. He talks a lot about Ford. Um, and talks yeah. about community. Well, it's all about community, Jared. It's all about right. community. That's right. And the horizon. Well, that all being said, what's the tagline yeah. for this film, RJ? Uh, one man, one look, one <laughs> shot. It's all about Abe Lincoln and his one shot at reclaiming pay, uh, like the honor of a fallen uh, person. And... Uh, He's he's doing it big, because he's he's Abe and he's 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 the guy. He's the biggest. That's the tagline. Okay. That that whole well, thing. That's the tagline. The, the, the tagline for the film, RJ. The yep. story of Abraham Lincoln that has never been told. Oh. Why 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 do you think that might be, RJ? Was it fabricated? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was wondering. I didn't look into it because Va- I don't. I think care. it's like vaguely based on like uh, a a case, like some sort of yeah. like. Like we'll get there, but uh, yeah, it, this is this is a a, a fantasy. It's a it's it's myth, I, it's, I a, knew, it's a little bit of myth making, a little bit, a little bit. Knew, no, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I like well, and that's why I, I knew you would know, and so I was like, I'm not even gonna look into this. I'm just gonna wait because I was like, I feel like it's based on something that happened. Like he was a lawyer in a trial, but I was like, yes. there's no way he talked this eloquently, or maybe he did. Well, I think everyone talked eloquently back then. We're all just fucking doughheads. <laughs> they go mercy. We, 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 bits, case... we can barely get two words out of our head. <laughs> well, we got the vapors, Jet. Got the vapors. So even mm-hmm. even like these like plain folk as presented, young Mister Lincoln, they they seem so much more eloquent than we do. Well, what do you mean? Butts and farts isn't yeah. uh, eloquent. That's right. Mm-hmm. But RJ, the synopsis for this film. In this dramatized account of his early law career in Illinois, or as the prosecutor in this film calls it, Illinois, which which, which really put me off. Uh, We're going down to Illinois for this one. Abraham Lincoln is born into a modest log cabin where he is encouraged by his first love, Anne Rutledge, to pursue law. Following her tragic death, Lincoln establishes a law practice in Springfield where he meets a young Mary Todd. Lincoln's law skills are put to the test when he takes on the difficult task of defending two brothers who have been accused of murder. Shit. Sounds intense. Did it happen? Um, no. <laughs> kind of. Somewhat. Okay. So... <clears throat> What do you know about Abraham Lincoln, RJ? I know that he cut down a cherry tree with an axe, and it was a big deal. 
Is that him or uh, Washington? I know uh, that yeah, one time uh, in Dallas that's another in the man. 60s. In, one time in Dallas in the 60s, Abe Lincoln had a bad day. <laughs> he did. He, he, April 6, 1865. Yeah, it was a bad day for Lincoln. I know that Lincoln had wooden teeth. Did you know that? I, I believe I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, August, George Washington had broke the wooden teeth. Are, is, uh, are, are, are you? Uh, are they all George Washington? They might have all had wooden teeth. The only thing I know, I learned from that's Clone the, High. That's the first thing that happens in, uh, in, when you become president back then. He's like, yeah, all so your... you're given wooden teeth. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You made it, mm. bud. Okay. There's actually ParksideDentist.com has some information on presidents with bad teeth. Um, mm. Abraham Lincoln was known to despise going to the dentist. That might have had something yeah. to do with the lack of painkillers available to patients when, in 1841, a dentist injured, uh, injured Lincoln's jaw while pulling a tooth. Due to this fear, mm. he only visited the dentist four times in his life. Lincoln was one of the first people outside of the medical community to use chloroform as a medical anesthetic, which he self-administered before some of his later dentist appointments. Our president's dental loss doesn't have to be yours. And <laughs> this is then, then they pitch you at the parksidedentist.com. Hmm. Yeah. So um, George Washington had terrible teeth for most of his life. Well, to be more precise, for much of his life, he had no teeth. At his inauguration yes. in 1789, he had only one working tooth left. Having lost all his teeth by middle age, President Washington wore dentures made from ivory, lead, and pig and cow teeth. <laughs> wow. He even wore dentures made from human teeth, which were very common in the end of the 18th century. Washington might have had bad teeth, but he never gave up hope. Until he died, he spent money on different types of toothbrushes and cleaning solutions. RJ, are you uh, going to jump on this wooden, this like other dude's teeth uh, strategy? I'm more interested. I'm more interested in the cow and uh, other animal teeth. I'm just, where did the human teeth come from? From corpses? Uh possibly like or, or was it just people whose like teeth fell out and they're like yeah let's throw that in someone else's mouth buddy it was the 18th century different rules i know it was different it was a different time man it was a different or, or, time or maybe there's a dentist go around and like smash people upside the head with two by fours and go oh the tooth came out it's it's up for grabs the the president said, the president needs a tooth I mean, I'm. I mean, if if you can't do something like that with President um, so privilege, myth, what myth, can you do? Myth busted. There was no wooden teeth, but there was pig teeth. Damn, that's even more interesting, really. It is more interesting, and I think that's what this movie should okay. have been about. So, so what you're saying is you don't know anything about Abraham Lincoln. Everything every, I learned every, about every, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, from is the same. Clone high. Yeah. Clone High is all I know about Abe Lincoln. And yeah, George Washington is the same. And I'm pretty sure that Rutherford guy is the same same as the others, too. So Rutherford. They're all the same. Was there a President Rutherford? Uh, Was there? I don't know. I'm not an American, RJ. Uh, American I, don't, I know there's only 45. For 40, sorry, 46 of brother. them. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That can't be right. She wasn't president. Rutherford. Rutherford B. Hayes. There you go. That's a that's a yeah. There you go. R R B R B Hayes. 
Arby's, Arby's himself, the creator of Arby's. He was the president uh, from 1877 to 1881, 19th president Damn. of the United Damn. States. Okay, well, what about uh, Abraham Lincoln's song? Do you know that one? Uh, yes. Uh, Lincoln, you're a guy. Not, not quite. You're not, Lincoln. Not quite. It, it you're goes, pretty cool. A little, it goes a little bit like, well, I'm rapping AB and I'm here to say, if you want to drink beer, well, Duff's the only way. I said the only way. <laughs> Break down. That's, that's his most famous song. How how foolish of me exactly. to forget the Abe Lincoln Duff song. <laughs> yeah. How foolish. How foolish. Silly, silly, silly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Gotcha. He's a he's a pop culture figure for most of us, um, fr- not from America, uh, other than you know Abraham Lincoln and Planet of the Apes, <laughs> directed by Tim oh. Burton, one of his great turns. Um, and that could have been our picture today. Could have been. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one of the notes. Um, one thing that uh, Sam Loveland did uh, pass along was mentioning the uh, author Tag Gallagher. He wrote a piece uh, for Sen- Sense of Cinema back in 2006, and he mentions that in the same year that Young Mr. Frank uh, Lincoln came out. I keep wanting to say Franklin, so I gotta catch me on that if I do it. But yeah, Mr. Come on, Lincoln, come on, come on, come on. The, the same mm-hmm. year Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington came out, and that's got the scene where um, Jimmy Stewart uh, he he has like a communion with the Lincoln Memorial. I don't know if you have you ever seen that movie. Uh. Which movie? Sorry? Uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Uh, I've seen parts of it. I've never seen it like in full, yeah. but I have seen parts of it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln's a big deal for uh, for this particular, this specific generation of, like, I don't know, from Henry Fonda, who there's also a, an interview with him on YouTube uh, that Criterion put out. Um where he's like, when he was asked to play Lincoln, he's like, I can't do that. You have to understand that Abraham Lincoln is a god to me. <laughs> it's Did like, he meet him or something? Or He's a, he's, he's a god. No, he, he's not that old. But it's just like the figure. His importance uh, as far as presidents are. He's like, he's one of the big dogs, you know? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, he is on the $400 bill, so that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about American history. Admit, so let me tell you. A, a great deal. Great deal. I actually took a, an American history class in uh, university in America. And and did you fail? No, it was okay. It was everything up to Lincoln. Oh. <laughs> and nothing after Lincoln. I see. So it was that part of American history. Whereas everything up to Lincoln, and it was uh, it was basically about how bad slavery was and how it was real horrible. And then they're like, and then Lincoln came, and then they're like, and that's the next class. Said so <laughs> sign up for that uh, in your next semester, and we went, oh, right. okay. So, anyways, yeah, I know, well, I know, honestly, so, so well, I watched th- that this, movie. This year, movie though, it kind of it's 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 about before that. Yes, and, it's young Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, Jared. why why would you make a movie that doesn't touch upon the most significant part of Lincoln's legacy, young Lincoln, and also like it's also kind of a bullshit story. Well, it's kind of like do you know um you know young Sheldon, the Big Bang Theory prequel? Yeah, I also know both. Same idea. Yeah, okay. Young Sheldon's based on young Mister Lincoln. 
and not a lot of people know that, but it's almost it's it's not almost it is the same thing. Is, is it about young? Is that like Young Larry? Like the Larry David show? Yeah. It's it's similar. It's similar, but I don't want to say it's the same because I'll come off as kind of an asshole if I say that. So it's it's similar for sure. Okay. For sure. For sure. Sugar bed. So let's kick this off with a kind of me going through the movie as per sure. usual. So the movie opens up with the title card, Young Mr. Lincoln. And it's a rousing, uh, I don't know, Battle Cry of Freedom song. It's, it's mm-hmm. yeah, over a grave with some branches over top of it. But Man, there's also some, to see it. There, there's some quotes. Um, and I guess this is a poem by one Rosemary Bennett that was written about Nancy Hanks, the mother of Abe Lincoln, who I would later watch mm-hmm. be killed by a vampire in Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Uh, that's also, she was also, um, she was Tom Hanks's mother too, wasn't she? Um, grandmother, RJ. Come on. Ah, uh, she was Chet Hanks's great grandmother. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, there you go. Uh, um, so the movie opens up with a guy speechifying, talking about Washington, uh, and mm. to the local rubes, and then he calls upon an awkward, soft-spoken, gangly bastard that went by the name of Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> which, I mean, this movie could have also been called Before the Beard, the Abe Lincoln story. Yeah. The, ga- the the Slender Man, mm-hmm. the Abe Lincoln story. Yeah. He's he's a tall drink of water, isn't he? Yeah, I mean they're doing like I'm not sure if Henry Fonda was particularly tall, but I mean you got to work with what you got because uh, Lincoln was like I don't know at least six four, <laughs> just not like uh, and, and 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 he had yeah. that goddamn gigantic hat. Yeah, so he was at least six four, but his range was at lowest six four, at highest eight two, so it was somewhere in the yeah. middle. Yeah. yeah. Imposing man. Um, so let's get back to my notes here, RJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fam- a family on a wagon rolls through this small little community, and uh, they need to get some stock, some food uh, for the larder. And but they ain't got no money to pay. But Abe Lincoln goes, Damn. "That ain't a problem. Everything's on credit here." <laughs> Everything so, everything was so great back then. <laughs> we, we you just, know what they? We just gave food away because you're a good person. Oh, you, you, we could mail it back to you, sir. And they're like, oh yeah, you can do that. That's not a problem. And they're like, well, I mean, it hardly seems fair. I mean, we could pay you. I mean, we got we got this big barrel and it's filled with mm-hmm. books. And Abraham Lincoln's like, books, books. He said books. By golly, I, I've been I've been meaning to read for some time now. I mean, he's. I might just he, give me a he's gander. Clearly, uh, he's clearly a literate man, uh, a learned the, the, man. These and these folk, they uh, they they heart, they can't read not. They can't read not, but he is a learned man. And uh, Jared, you know, you know where I come from when you give something away and you don't ask for nothing back. You know what that's called? What's that called? You know that kind of you know, <laughs> communism, Jared. Where you giving up? You giving up what you got? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, actually, geez. though, I do. R- RJ, this is taking a real weird. I do turn. think. 
I think Lincoln was a socialist more than anything. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, I actually do believe that where it's like he was he was always like, what do you need? We gonna give it to you. He talked like this, too. He said, what you need? We gonna get you that what you need. You don't take more than you <laughs> need, but take what you need. This slight Cajun accent now. This, this man, this, 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 this man from one? Illinois. <laughs> that would be Kentuckian. James Carville. James Carville, yeah, the, the well, Raging Cajun. And, yeah, there you, yeah, there you go. All right. So the book I'm, he I'm receives, stupid. Black Stone's yeah. Commentaries. And then we get this. Sure. We get, we get this scene. Uh, I don't know. These like multiple scenes of Henry Fonda going, law, law, law. <laughs> and then everyone goes, "Hey Lincoln, what you reading over there?" And he said, "I'm reading up on the law, baby." He said, "I'm trying to Jeez, figure now, out." Now, what's now going we got on. Dusty Rhodes here. Dusty Rhodes, Daddy, man, Dad. So uh, then we like then we like kind of do a crossfade to like Abraham Lincoln sitting by the river in front of a tree with his legs up like he's in stirrups about to be examined, yeah. going law, law, law. And then then we get a little bit of quotes from this uh, commentaries. He's learning the law. You just pick up a book and now you're a lawyer. He's a learned man. Then then you know all about bird law. Tell me about more about bird walking. Uh, you have to watch It's Always Sunny to find out more. I know. But... And then, then a young lady appears. Mm-hmm. She, she, so she looks very wanting. She kind of just like drops in to visit Mr. Abraham Lincoln. And Mr. Abraham Lincoln's like, hey, let me take a whiff of that basket of flowers you have. Wink. What do you What do you think the basket of flowers is the euphemism for? <laughs> like a butt? <laughs> Yeah, RJ, a butt. Do you think it was a butt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, they go for a stroll along the riverside, and you go, look at that horizon. Mm, 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 mm. Holy fuck! Did you see the horizon there, Jer? <laughs> so holy shit! So uh, Lincoln and Ann Rutledge—they're kind of walking along, and this is like there's actually a couple callbacks to this very important moment, I guess. Yeah. For uh, for Abe, who's kind of like embracing law and, and the fact that law mm-hmm. opens up the possibilities of the world uh as kind of alluded to by mr uh tag gallagher mm. read all about it yeah this, this i mean if you really want to know about movies that's where you go or you can listen to us to tag gallagher yeah so and then winter comes yeah. rj She's dead. It's, it's always she's dead. She's got a and she's got little dead like you know flower branches on her grave. And Abe comes by, and shit, she's dead, like Abe's heart. Uh, from, she won't do that again. From what I was reading, uh, apparently this was this actually really did send uh, old Abe uh, into some despondency. And apparently there was a a famous. A letter that's lost uh, that was like it's like a suicide poem that was sent to like the paper that he was writing for uh written anonymously mm-hmm. but i guess like oh there's a lot of conjecture and uh conclusions were made that's like oh it was him writing it because it because of the time frame mm-hmm. so this 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 shook the boy this shook the poor abe hmm the boy won right is that what you're saying well i mean well i mean he just was like but i mean here it's pretty much like well you know it's been some time, and he's Henry Fonda, Abraham Lincoln. They're yeah. going to smooth over those edges. 
Do you think that he like um do you think he took to drinking? Do you think he took to fighting? Do you think he messed up? Hey, like, did you know that Abraham someone, Lincoln yeah. uh, suppo- apparently was a big wrestler, like gra- grappler, like Greco-Roman? Yeah. Oh. Apparently, do you think he oiled up? Uh, probably, yeah. You, you don't want to give yourself like rashes and stuff like that and burn. You want you want to like the you sound wanna, of that. Yeah. So he was a big, big six foot four grappler. Big grappler, mm-hmm. kind of like this. Uh, Fuck, so, he would have had he, he would have had a huge wingspan. Exactly. Like even bigger, bigger then, than Max von Sydow. Ma- I yeah, bet. Can you imagine those two scrapping? Fuck. Well, it'd be one end of town, one end of the throwing, other town, and they'd throw, be fucking they'd be throwing hands, like barreling your imagine head. Those two throwing hands. Oh, you don't want to you don't want to throw hands with those guys. Their hand would mm-hmm. fucking that would eclipse mm-hmm. your body. Just. Uh, I was going to mention. So there's like one touch I really liked at the. Uh, beginning when he when he first comes out to give his first speech where he's really soft spoken, they they really capture uh, awkwardness of a man that's like doesn't know what mm-hmm. to do with himself. Like he kind of puts his arm up on the roof and he kind of drops and then he puts his arm over on the to lean over. But then he like winds up just crossing his arms across himself. But that was pretty good. It's like that sort of thing they don't do too much in movies. Are you saying Daniel Day Lewis didn't do that? Not in uh, Lincoln. Are you sure? I am positive. He's very old did you watch and Lincoln? confident. I did, RJ. I did. It feels like you didn't. But anyways, continue. So uh, we get a time jump, and Abraham Lincoln, he's going to start up that law practice. And he, he ain't got mm-hmm. nothing but a mule. Well, what are you going to do with a mule, Jarrett? Um, but soon soon enough, he's he's got a law practice going on. He's got some uh, bickering hoople heads in his office, and he's got his legs up. Because that's a that's a I don't know if I call that a theme. It is a motif of Abe Lincoln mm. legs up, taking it easy, taking a load off. Well, if your legs if your legs were that fucking enormous, would you not want to kick those legs up every opportunity you had? He wants to showcase those gams. Men can have wow. gams too, RJ. Who doesn't like a but, gam? I mean, or they're, two, they're all you know they're they're I mean? very dressed though. You don't get to see bear gams, sadly. Yet, but hey, guess what? I, what I didn't realize, I thought it was Christmas coming up, but it's Independence Day. In real life or in the uh, in, movie? In, in the movie. Oh. Um, okay. And this is this is what would be like a big deal, I guess, when there's not much going on in like I don't know the 1820s, 1830s, 1840s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They never really say. I don't think. Uh, I'm. I mean, it's implied that it, it it exists around time. Around time. Yeah, that's what's implied. Yeah, but I mean, there's still yeah. um, veterans of the revolution there that you get to see a little bit of. Um, where we also get a little bit of uh, patented horse violence, as RJ used the tag, where a little kid slingshots uh, a horse. Uh, and they cut it up, and then the horse goes, and the guy riding it goes flying, and everyone goes, <laughs> and then Skype doesn't like that at all. Hi. No, I totally heard that. Yeah, I was just talking about the. No, I uh, the last thing you said was pat. Patented uh, horse violence uh, of a of a uh, young yes, boy sling, sling, slingshotting at a horse, and then the horse rears up, goes. And then the guy goes flying, and everybody goes, ha, 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 uh, which which will become laughing 
will really come up later in this movie during that trial. Oh boy. So, um, we get to meet um, an early piece of competition for Mr. Abraham, uh, a man named Stephen Douglas. Um, he's obviously kind of the, I think he's like the senator of from Illinois. He like lives here in Springfield. And Abraham Lincoln, one of these, like, again, another one of these motifs, like with him sit, like, sitting back with his legs up. Uh, he also does this interesting thing where he sits himself on the ground beside people. Where it, he always has kind of like a humble stature compared to these other guys. Because this guy's sitting in a chair. Uh, he's not going to stand. He's going to sit comfortably while everyone else is standing around. But then Lincoln will be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a level below you. Because I, I don't really care. Get on their level, Jarrett. Or get below it and be just kind of like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people do that in real life where they, uh, um, they like sit on the floor in front of people who are like sitting in chairs. And I'm not gonna lie to you, Jared. It made me super uncomfortable. Where I was like, I feel like that person shouldn't be sitting on the floor. It's making everybody uncomfortable, and I feel like. It's... But as if this was at a parade, and not a room. Oh yeah, I know, I know, but I yeah, like so he's sitting on a curb, kind of like where yep. everyone's sitting. Yeah, I remember that people, part. Like, and it, it's not curbs. as awkward, but yeah. sitting on a curb is not as bad. But if you yeah. saw someone, if you were sitting with another person in a chair and someone sat on the floor in front of you, would you get weirded out? Um, I might think, huh? Okay, and then move on with my life. Hmm. It's not a big enough reaction. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know you'd, you'd run away I, I i did run away i said this is horseshit. i got the hell out of there but what comes might be the main event of the film secret main event is the pie the contest not a pie eating mm. contest a pie contest being judged pie by contest. one abraham lincoln i love how involved he is with all of the uh like the oh my goodness is uh, hello? Hi. <laughs> Am I back? You're there. Hello? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I like how involved he is in all of the action, but the pie contest is where the money is. And what, and what, what uh, kind of pie? That's what, what, what this and double, he's double fisting these pies. And he's taking, he's like, oh, an apple I, I just can't tell. Well, so he it's an apple and a peach pie, right? Correct. Yeah. And so he'll, he'll go, he says, "Well, I'm eating the apple. I'm I convinced smell, it's the but best. I can smell the peach, but I smell the peach, and the peach tells me that the peach is the best. And he he go, <laughs> and he just he can't decide because he says there's so much love put in these pies that they're both the best. <laughs> it's like pie. just keep eating them. And just <laughs> and when you when you see him, he's already he's got like the pie is basically a quarter left. He's already eaten." Two entire pies, I think. So, um, yeah, the pie contest is something to behold, Jerry. It's, oh, it's pretty wild. It's big. It's pretty it's wild. Big here. Um, it is. So it's while this is going on, uh, there's this family. This I call them the Aw Shucks family. Cause they're just they're mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. kind. They're just like they don't do anything mm-hmm. except they get leered on. The uh, one, there's these two brothers. Hard. Their one of their wives, a sister, and the ma, I think is the mm-hmm. right so. So the sis, the the married into the family, 
wife. She is being leered upon by this thugly deputy perv and this guy friend, this buddy of his. And they're like, (laughs) and they just can't take a hint. And they're just like, they're making her really uncomfortable. And it's kind of like, oh, gross. What do you, what do you do about this in the 1830s? Especially uh, when it is the law. What do you do about that in 2020, RJ? Uh, in 2020 against the law, nothing. Yeah. But uh, no, at this time, the guy, the guy said, hey, you leave my wife alone. Yeah. See, back then you settled you settled your affairs that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. A bit We're more getting stra- back to that. A little bit more straightforward. So uh, this movie, uh, this is kind of like a, the beginning of this leering going on at the Independence Day Parade, as as it does. And uh, then you get some log splitting. Uh, there's a there's a real wood chopping thing going on, which also comes up in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So is that his thing? He just chopped wood. I guess. Mm. Uh, and I and I wanted to just mention again here. This is what uh, there's some sense of community being built here, RJ, of how uh, how this place feels. And operates. Mm. What kind of community is it? Is the one you'd want to live in, or is it the one you'd move out of? I mean, it seems like a small little place. This Springfield doesn't seem like a bustling town. Shelbyville. Either. Shelbyville. It's not. A, it's not like a Shelbyville. Hey? No, it's a. It's a Springfield. Yeah, that's okay. No. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and then we get a tug of war, and we do. Lincoln fucking cheats. I thought he was an. Uh, I, I thought he was fucking honest. That's what I thought too. I said, okay, number one, he's endorsing violence because that happened a couple times before where he was threatening violence in this fair. And then number two, he's a fucking cheater. He was the anchor to his team. That's the most important role in the tug of war, Jarrett. When I was in elementary, early elementary, I was kind of a portly chap. I was always put as the anchor in the tug of war because they're like, we need a big kid on the back here. So you can really weigh this down, you know. So number one, he was a bad choice for anchor. But number two, he cheated. And I was just like, this is a lot of horse shit. If you ask me. If you ask me, it's horse shit. So I don't know about you, man. But I wasn't on board with it. Horse pucky. Horse pucky. So yeah, he cheated. They won, but he cheated. Not so, so not honest, Abe. Win. And and then, so honest, of course, how do, how do you... How do you uh, pay off Independence Day, RJ, when you don't have fireworks. Like the Will Smith movie? Yeah. Aliens, I guess. With a barrel burning. Well, who hasn't burned a barrel or two, am I right? Well, you, you gather all the barrels up and you have a big old fire. I, I, mm-hmm. This is like the succession of its day. Everyone everyone uh, tunes in and checks it out. They're like, man, what, uh-huh. what, what great storytelling. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's terrific, Jerry. And when you watch it, you're going to go, yeah, that's a good show. It's a good show. It's very topical. Well, RJ, friend. I don't know. Did did you realize that a, a good chunk of the runtime of this movie is going to be dedicated to a courtroom drama? Uh, I didn't, but I didn't look into this movie almost at all. So, like, I'm usually the wrong guy to ask. Okay. I saw a young Mr. Lincoln. I said, oh. Must be about George Washington. And then mm-hmm. I threw it on one day and I watched it and I went, okay. Yep. And that's that. So uh, while the barrels are burning, there is a murder. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So the two brothers uh, are, who are being harassed by you know gross deputy guy. Well, th- we get a kind of com- we get a cut in on the, the the two women coming to tell mom about it, saying they're fighting, they're fighting, and then they come running and they see kind of the end of this fight um, where mm-hmm. the there's the deputy uh, having a, a tussle, a colossal tussle with mm-hmm. one of the brothers, and then the other brother shows up. He's like, he's, he's got a gun! And then they tackle him to the ground, and then the guy lets off a shot, and then he's kind of like, he's selling it like he's been injured, and then his friend mm-hmm. comes wandering out of the woods, takes a look at him, and then um, he goes running off, and then the word gets out that the deputy's been killed. Uh, yeah, and then everyone goes... Holy shit! And they hear one, one, only the one guy's version of it, and the two sons—they're covering for the other, it seems. And the mother mm-hmm. can't say or won't say what she saw. Discourse fires the boys up. You know what I'm saying? The boys—they're—they're—they're uh, the they're, boys. they're, they're drinking their hooch, and they—they uh, they say like, "We all take care of this right here in mm-hmm. Springfield." Uh, and they decide this. It's a really cool shot where they're all just standing around talking, and then they move, and then the camera just pans down, and there's the guy's dead body. So they were just mm-hmm. plotting this revenge like over this dead guy. He's just he's still there. Uh, but of course, uh, Abe Lincoln's like, "Oh boy, I know where this is going. <laughs> they're going to go a lynching. That's a lynch mob right there." So he introduces himself to the the mother and says, I'm your lawyer. (laughs) And then he goes running, and they got a battering ram. They're going to smash in the sheriff's doors. And Abe Lincoln gets right in the way of that that battering ram, and he speechifies very angrily. And then he starts dialing it down. He's just he's just so charismatic. He's such a a, a mm-hmm. brilliant speaker. And they all go, "Oh, jeez, we feel guilty about trying to murder those guys." They say, "Oh, hey, man, we never saw it like that." But you're right. Maybe we shouldn't be killing all these I mean, these folk this, up in this here. This is my note here saying that I thought old Abe was going to demonstrate his legendary grappling skills. He was going to throw down with Buck. He could have. That would have been the better movie. That's maybe. Maybe not a John Ford film. Maybe that's a um, different guy. So I guess there was a um, uh, uh, W.B. Griffith movie uh, mm-hmm. that was, you know, of course, made from D.W. Yeah, D.W. Griffith's film Abraham Lincoln from 1930, um, which I guess like makes him kind of more. Of like a lout, where he apparently gets the line, "I'm the biggest buck in this lick." What did what did you? How did you interpret that? Uh, I don't know. What did you think? I mean, I I think I remember more uh, the thing about getting your horns wet. And how did you interpret that? I don't know. Getting your fist bloody. (laughs) Oh. That's one way to look at that. Lane of beaten. I thought it could have been something else potentially. Okay. Uh, then of course, uh, so so Abe saved the day yet again. So this is about the halfway mm-hmm. point of the movie. Uh, we get kind of like th- about a fifteen minute period before we join back up with the the trial beginning. So uh, he goes and checks in on the family to let them know what's going on. Where he goes to their wagon, he's like, "Nice pair of mules you've got here, ma'am." 
<laughs> I mean, they were pretty good mules. And, no? then, and at one point, he describes himself as, I'm just a jack-legged lawyer. Now, I might just be a giant chicken, foghorn, leghorn, but I mm. might... I know a thing or two about what's right and wrong, Jared. No. That so, kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, this this impressive display by Lincoln uh, captures the interest of Mary Todd. You know Mary Todd? Uh, is that the demon barber from uh, Fleet Street? No. Uh, this is the future wife of one Abraham Lincoln and a spiritualist ah. and medium. Oh, so not... The demon barber? Uh, not the demon barber. Oh. No. All right. Well, what was her deal? Uh, well, in this, she's a well-off lady, and she so she brings she invites him to the soiree, and um, so there's a lot of like oh him being tall and have a weird kind of walk moving about. Uh, he's he's never he's never danced before, but he he badly wants to dance with her. He tells us. Mm. And so, so that's kind of like, like you. She, that she, question I asked you yeah, earlier, I guess. So she's kind of driving the the conversation because this guy's a little too awkward. Um, Spit. But there's a, there's a nice bit though that I liked was, is where uh, she's like, "Let's go out. Let's get out of here and let's go. Let's have a sit outside." And they go outside, and there's this like big body of water, like this lake that this house is on the side of. And then mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln goes into this weird trance <laughs> as he's looking he's out of the water. And then he's just staring mm-hmm. at it. And then she goes and sits down and you're just like, Oh, is this like a callback to his, his dead young, um, girl friend from, you know, from I the past. So. That's kind of what I was thinking is like what was happening there because, uh, the, I think the next scene almost is the the scene with um, Abe Lincoln riding along with uh, Effie. Effie, he's the guy with the coon scat, uh, coon skin cap. And, oh yeah, he's and and, got and, the, yeah. and they're riding along this river, and it's framed the exact same way, except they're on horses, uh, and they're, they're on the other side of the fence, not as close to the riverside. And he's and he's playing with the Jew's harp, and he's playing Dixie mm. on it. Like kind of half acidly, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. which I actually like. I thought that's like that, I thought that scene looked really good. That's like one of my weird. I mean, that one's it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was like, cool. that was like one of those weird highlights from the movie for me. But he's because mm-hmm. he's going off because he's going to go chop some wood for the family of the accused. Uh, I'm not sure what that would cost in terms of lawyer fees. Uh, to have mm-hmm. your had to have your lawyer come and chop you wood to heat up your cabin. Well, I mean, Lincoln was a socialist, as I've mentioned before, so he probably didn't charge at all. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I doubt it. That's right. For the most part. Well, uh, now we have the trial. Mm-hmm. The, the, the trial is underway here in the state of Illinois, as I believe his name is Mr. Felder is the prosecutor. Mr. French, yeah. Mr. French. Is that a thing from something, or am I just making stuff up again? I, I probably. I just assume that is the case. Mr. French. Mr. Felder. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so this is where we get into courtroom drama time, a.k.a. Matlock. I mean, who doesn't like a little yeah. Matlock, am I right? Uh, things open up with a jury selection. That's not the kind of thing you see in a Matlock. 
uh, not not the not the good ones at least you know like not the good ones uh, who do so, they select for the jury there Jared? well we get a, a variety of people who are tur- uh, accepted and turned away one of them being this duplicitous barber who is the barber and friend of the prosecutor who, who's like i don't know anything about the case <laughs> and you're like okay that's some that's some real subtle acting there guy <laughs> and they went acting it's like oh you really tr- you almost you almost got lincoln but he saw through it because he's not a, he's not a moron but the payoff to this is um the, the prosecutor john felder being really pissed off just because he's friends with me doesn't mean that he couldn't be on the jury he's like that's right i mean he said he he, he owns him so publicly everybody in the courtroom is just laughing so hard because this guy's mm-hmm. just like a huge piece of shit it's like what it boils down to. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, been there. If you know he, what I, mean? I think it's like, well, if he didn't know you very well, it would put me at a, a disadvantage because you're a piece of shit. He said, I was, ca-, and then Lincoln goes, I, I was counting on they knew that you would be this miserable piece of shit. <laughs> if they know who you are, that has nothing to do with it. Dunk. What a dunk. Mm-hmm. Even the judge is like, he sure got you, son. Oh, he's laughing. They're all laughing. It's just, just shit in their pants. This is like the funniest thing they've ever seen in their lives. They did what? Sorry. They shit their pants. Ah, they okay. they, they I... lost control of their bowels. Okay, that's and fine. Evacu- and they evacuated. Yeah, where did it evacuate from? The uh, the colon through via oh. the rectum. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. You Damn. said it. You said it. So this is going to be like gotcha. a this is going to be a movie trial. It's going to be free flowing. You know, prosecutors and defense attorneys they can just like jump in, jump out of questioning, and it's all just like, oh, isn't this fun? A lot of really, and it's like lots of comedy, lots of jokes, laughs are to be had. Uh, the hoople heads um, that are in attendance, they're all having a good mm-hmm. time. It's a good show. Pretty good show, RJ. Pretty good show. But then, like thing, then things get serious because mm-hmm. the, the the dirty trick is we're going to call their mother to the stand. And everyone's like, oh, man, okay. This is where the last go to die. So this is the last straw. You can't be calling a mother up yeah. here asking her to decide who lives and who dies. No. So – uh, she of course will not say who what she saw. She refuses, and there's a whole back and forth about this. It's like, oh, I, I I'd want them both dead rather. Or it's like, <laughs> I think that's Abraham Lincoln's thing. It's like, well, I'd rather see them both dead than see this mother have to say who it was. I would rather both of these men are killed than this mother have to decide which one lives. Mm-hmm. She said, and he says, any of you would do the same thing. Mm-hmm unfair yeah. and so of course now this puts abraham lincoln in a situation where he's like ah, how do i get my how do i get out of this one how does he well okay so what happens is the mother won't do it but uh what is it uh mr cash the guy the guy who a testified, new witness comes forward well it's not even the new isn't it um clay so it's like the mm-hmm. same guy who gave early testimony. Yeah, he was the guy who came yeah. across the scene earlier and says, oh, I didn't know, I couldn't see anything. But then he comes back and says, I have to get something off my chest. And that's when he says, I saw the big one. I saw him in the uh-huh. moonlight. And then 
the next day. So Abraham Lincoln's got to like, he's got to think on it. He's got to, he's probably praying on it. He's, he's got that, he's got the Jews harp out and he's thinking. And then the cross examination the next day comes up. You're like, what's this, what's he going to do? And there's not much that builds up out of it other than it's like, what time was it at? But this guy, this, this uh, clay, he overplays his hand and uh, he, he done got Columboed as he's walking away. He's like, mm-hmm. just one last thing. The mm-hmm. moon wasn't in that tra- trajectory at that very moment in time. So you couldn't have said what you said. So then there's like this convoluted explanation of like, so they had had a fight earlier about something. These two, they got the, the deputy and his best buddy, they had a fight and they went their separate ways. And then, uh, he was all drunk. He ran into the two brothers. The two brothers had their skirmish, but when they went down to the ground and the gun went off and the guys got up, he hadn't been stabbed yet and he wasn't stabbed until this guy came over, checked on him, and then took the opportunity right there to get him. They did what to him, Jared? They got him. He stabbed him right in the right, mm-hmm. right in the billy. In the heart or the heart or wherever it was, and you're just I like, see. that's what happened. <laughs> it's like that's curious, and they're like, nah, justice is served. They say we sure got him. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, sometimes you can't even trust your own eyes. Well, not quite. That's right. I mean, not not if the moon is full, Jarrett. No. And then you know about the moon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Abraham Lincoln. Sends that family packing because he's got a mm-hmm. he's got a bigger future ahead of him. Well, he says, with, you know, with, 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 with his with well his big good. hat. I mean, his hat's pretty big, Jared. The biggest hat. But I think what he does, what he what he comes to is he goes, he says, "I'd like the law, I do what's right." But the thing about the law is, what kind of change can I have? This is my Lincoln voice, by the way. Oh, wow. And then he kind of... That's... uh, if, Who is this? Daniel Day-Lewis? He says, I'm going to change the law. He said, to change the law, got to be the president. Be the president. <laughs> is that what he says? <laughs> That's what it's all... That This movie is saying... This is why Lincoln ran for president. He said, I like it the law, but the law needs a change. To change the law, got to be the president. It's the Adam Sandler approach yeah, to I, the Abe Lincoln acting. Yeah. Wow. But is it not effective? He uh, does what he says he's going to do. He does. No? He does. Yeah. He does. He does. He made good on the promise. So anyway, young Miss, this young Mr. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fine movie. Um, it's, you know, a 1939 John Ford movie. I think mm-hmm. he would go on to make... Bigger and better movies. Those those westerns are, are pretty good. Those are kind of my my preference. Mm-hmm. My John mm-hmm. Ford's. But um, watching this movie through, it was good. Uh, rewatching it a bit to get like kind of all the beats down for my notes. Um, I was really struck uh, just like watching it on my laptop. Uh, how good looking this movie is. A... Uh, yeah, it looks great. I watched it on my TV via file, file. Uh, legal file. Absolutely, yes. And yeah, and uh, it looked good. I liked it quite a bit, or uh, I liked how it looked. I meant right. 
Yeah, but, no problem here. Good, good. Um, uh, how, I don't say. Oh, you know what, RJ? I'll just say, what did you think of this movie? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, all right. So, young Lincoln. First things that stood out to me were uh, the things we've kind of mentioned already. Where I was like, is this a real story? I was too lazy to Google it. I was on my phone already, but I was like, eh, I don't want to Google it. I'll just so, I'll ride the snake. Uh, on this apparently, one. the moon thing was a real thing in a court case that Lincoln was the lawyer for. And that was it was ba- that one yeah, anecdote that... was the basis of this whole movie. Yeah, that's gotcha. Yeah, I assumed I was like, I'm sure there's some semblance of like truth or reality of this. So uh, I was like, I get it. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it's this year. Um, the film has its basis. The murder case against William Duff Armstrong, which took place in 1858 at the courthouse in Beardstown, Illinois, the only courthouse in which Lincoln practiced law that is still in use. It is referred mm. to as the Almanac trial on Armstrong's grave. And Lincoln proved the witness against the accused was lying about being able to see by the light of the moon using an almanac. Armstrong was acquitted. That is the closest element of reality referenced in the film. I mean, that's not that far off. Yeah, I, I mean, that, like, yeah, Anne Rutledge existed. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Independence I mean, Days happen. I mean, even the case itself, it was like there was a crime that was committed. And then the guy was like, yeah, it happened because of the moonlight. And Lincoln went, nah, it didn't. And then it was overturned. So, I mean, there's some kind of semblance of reality here. Kinda. Um, what, oh yeah, before you go on, uh, fun mm-hmm. fun fact: Mary Todd, uh, she was a member of a large, wealthy, slave-owning Kentucky family and mm. well educated. She's also uh, a barber on uh, Demon Street, mm-hmm. I think, which is the the story I heard. So, do you think that was when they got married? Do you think Lincoln was like, mm, I don't like the slave thing. Mm-hmm. We should maybe get rid of this. Well, you know, they uh, it was a changing tide in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Other countries uh, were outlawing it. America, yeah, a little, little slow to that. Well, I mean, to, at that time, Jared, mail took a long time. Like that letter from England was like, "Hey, we don't do slaves no more." It probably took like six months to get to America. Whatever. I don't know what it was. Fifteen, twenty-five years to get the word out. Well, I mean, mail was pretty slow, Jared. Sometimes those letters got wet on the boat. Oh, that, we missed that one. We missed that one. It's the humidity, you know. Uh, it, uh, it eats yeah, the paper. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting learning the history, the time frames of which when people thought, "Hey, I think this is bad." <laughs> like, it's it's not just like well, it wasn't until Abraham Lincoln said, "Hey, let's get rid of this. It's end this shit." Mm-hmm. And, and then the South went, but but the economy. The economy. What about, we what can't a, lock down because of the pandemic. About, what about state rights to what decide about, if we have slaves? <laughs> and economy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yes. Stuff. Wink. <clears throat> Wink. <clears throat> what about my property? You're taking my property away. What about oh, my lots. personal freedoms, Jarrett? Exactly. What about them? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. Uh, yeah, so that stuff is all well and good. And I was like, yeah, they're making Lincoln out to be a nice guy. And I was like, I hope this is based somewhat on actual 
transcripts or something about how he talked, but I was like, <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I mean, well, I think there's like a. I mean, that's not a. Huge thing I mean, there's a lot of like, nice. there is a lot of writing yeah. that probably describes Lincoln because there's no video. <laughs> there's just no. Well, there's, yeah. There's no film. Uh, all you have is photography, um, which was you know just coming along. You got your daguerreotypes and stuff like that, uh, that kind of thing. But mm. so yeah, you have like just basically people's descriptions. And I think it's like pretty like he's kind of a soft-spoken guy and pretty uh, i guess it seems like pretty consistently chill pretty chill uh they just actually they have like uh both uh henry fonda and daniel day lewis have the same walk they do Hmm. it's like this weird shuffle with this hunch going on is there a side by side of that i've not seen one but that's like the big final shot of lincoln right is like it's probably Daniel Day-Lewis probably based it off of this movie, no? Well, I think uh, he went back in time to study for the role. Well, I mean, if anyone could do it, it would be DDL. Yeah. Well, he, he made time travel co- uh, shoes while he was a cobbler. What kind of middle name is Day? What kind of middle name is Knight? Like M. Knight, Shyamalan, Daniel Day-Lewis? Who's naming their kids this stuff? <laughs> do you know what well, I mean? I mean, it's his last name. <laughs> it's Day-Lewis. Ah, okay. Is this uh, a test? Yeah, you figured it so out. Argy, you got me. Argy, what did you think of Young Mister Lincoln? I mean, this movie's fine. <laughs> uh, there, there's stuff I like in it a lot. Like the pie contest is super funny. Um, the festival in general, I was like, yeah, this is all well and good. Lincoln cheated and he endorsed violence, but uh, you know whatever this is a uh, fictionalized account of things so there you got that going on um what else is there uh there's some bad dudes some sexually aggressive guys which his is name's scrubs white scrub white yeah. yeah scrub white and see i would i would be interested to see what ebert thought of this movie because he didn't like 10 to midnight because it was uh, aggressive towards women but this movie was also aggressive towards women i mean lincoln was standing up for him but those other guys like scrub white they were just like dangling strings in front of their faces <laughs> that's not nice that's pretty extreme yeah and it's just like this, this dude's like what are you gonna do about it lady and you're just like oh shit that's not good. That's aggressive. Um, so you got all that stuff, and that's all well and good. Uh, and then you got the courtroom scenes, and some of the courtroom scenes I think are real good, and then some of the courtroom scenes I think are, like, a little silly. Like, uh, when Lincoln's got a lot of zingers in there, and you're like, fuck, this guy just doesn't do he, – he's nonstop. He's all fire all the time, uh, hitting up top. But uh, – like that one time when the judge is like, he sure got you, son, like to the other lawyer. And you're just like, I don't know if it should be this casual. Maybe it was at the time, but it's like, I don't know if the court of law would be like this because the justice system, Jared, when you watch a movie like 10 to midnight compared to young Mr. Lincoln, there's a big glaring hole in the justice system there. And maybe, maybe the judge did do things like that, which was just like, yeah, he sure got you. He sure figured it out. And then you'd be like, shit. Shit, maybe the justice system is wrong. Maybe it's not Lincoln. You know what I mean, Jer? Mm-hmm. You know? Anyways, I think this movie is uh, all well and good. It looks good. 
some of the Lincoln monologues are, are pretty good, you know, discussions about right and wrong and morality. It's like, yeah, I get it. This guy's a figurehead for that kind of stuff. So uh, it makes sense that people would, you know, like this and that they would try to make it good. So uh, I liked all that. Um, there's a lot of funny stuff in this movie. I got a lot of screenshots about weird language things that they used like over 100 years ago, whereas like the language specifically, you're just like, this is goofy. <laughs> right this sounds dumb uh i'm i'm not dumb it's just like this sounds silly but it's funny uh i don't know young young mr lincoln is a uh decent little show uh even with all its inaccuracies and uh fictionalized history dan simmons style uh and there's nothing wrong with that i'm on board with fictionalized history from time to time but uh I think the main takeaway is that uh, the horizon is the real friends we made along the way. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You, you, he, he's, how he's how did you sure. find uh, Henry Fonda's performance? I thought it was fine. It reminded me of Daniel Day-Lewis's one. <laughs> and that's why I think that this was based, like Daniel Day-Lewis was just pretty much based on this one. You know what I mean? Like You're, you're going to have to watch more Lincoln films to find out. What what other Lincoln films are there? Abraham. Don't say the Vampire oh, Hunter. There, okay, there's none. <laughs> they they made three. That's it. That's all there was. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I think this movie's good. Like, there's nothing wrong there's with that, it. There's, there's that stuff. episode of a uh, original series Star Trek where Abraham Lincoln shows up. Remember that? Yeah, you remember what he says to uh, Uhura? What's that? He's called, what does he say? I can't use the verbiage on this podcast, but uh, it's it's a word <laughs> that ends with that the middle part is a G, and then the the at back end of the word is uh, res like res oh, yes. But the first part of the word is something else. He says, "Oh, it's a blank yeah. res." It, and, and, that's not, go, and I don't think that's the last time that that word shows up in Star Trek either. It's not. It's isn't, not. It, isn't it like Trelane says it too? Or, yeah, more or, than. I think he calls her like a Nubian princess or something like that. Yeah, he he does. He calls her. Yeah, Nubian gets thrown at her once, and then Lincoln calls her a different thing. And then like <laughs> the Lincoln thing, it's brought up and. They're just like, I think someone's even like, yes, we accept all people. And and Lincoln's like, yes, I do too. And he's like, I'm glad to see it. And then there, and then there's like a mutual like nod to each other. It's like, yeah, equal rights, baby. But um, at the same time, it's like equal. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> nah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Lincoln's on that. I think I have a screenshot of that where Lincoln's Jeez. on. Um, Oh, see, I was looking it up. So, I could um, director Phil Rosen from 1924 uh, made a, the dramatic life of Abraham Lincoln. So, keep in mind, so Lincoln was uh, assassinated in 60, 1865. This was made in 1924. Same. So that's like you know, you know, a good like 60 years after the fact, which is it's quite a bit. I mean, it's it's a bit, but it's not that long. Like well, I've been in long. I've I've. I've been on the, in the bathroom for longer. Oh, since. RJ, I got one for you. It's a movie called The Perfect yeah. Tribute. It's from Jack Bender, who directed okay. The Midnight Hour, Child's yeah. Play Three. Okay, you hearing this? And hearing this, 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 this Lincoln film stars Jason Robards 
as Abraham Lincoln. Can you remind me what Jason Robarts is in? Uh, so Jason Robarts, what, what have you seen? So he's like Tom Cruise's dad in Magnolia. Um, and then he's in like Once Upon a Time in the West uh, and I, An Enemy I of the remember. State. Uh, Pat Gary, Billy the Kid. Yeah, you know him. He was going to be uh, Fitzcarraldo in Fitzcarraldo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they they filmed a couple scenes with him. Yes. So anyway, there's another one you could watch. The Perfect Tribute from 1991. Um, I probably won't. It's got and it's got Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins is he a frost giant in it? He plays Blair. Just Blair. Just Blair. Like literally just Blair. That's it. And then you could watch D.W. Griffith's uh, Abraham Lincoln. What's that one about? Um, Abraham Lincoln, starring uh, Walter Houston. Oh, see, I think there's another. I think I was saying it was this version of it, but there was a D.W. Griffith movie where, yeah, the depiction of Lincoln is not the best, but it must be that. Or he shows what, up in what another. What do you mean movie. by not the best? Ah, uh, it's because you know, D.W. Uh, Southern man. Oh, so he's like this Lincoln. He he got rid of the thing that we loved. Yeah, and that kind of voice. I believe is uh, if if I recall. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to ask you specifically about. Oh, um, Oliver Granger on my uh, letterbox asks. Uh, uh, never know who wins though. You going for peach or apple pie? Peach. I'm gonna draw a hard line. I'm gonna say peach. Gross. You're going, yeah, apple pies, man. I mean, I would rather other pies over both of those two. But if I had to make a decision between peach and apple, I'm gonna say peach. Okay. Okay. Fair. Yep. Uh, you, I, want, you want some yeah. uh, more sweet John Ford quotes? Yeah, who wouldn't want more John Ford quotes? Okay. It's no use asking me to talk about art. Uh, and Henry Fonda uh, on John okay. Ford. Oh, yes. He was a great bullshitter. I like that, too. Uh, and this is from an article uh, from The Guardian in 1999. Um, by Derek Malcolm, who wrote, clearly John Ford would not have been at home doing two days of group interviews about his latest film at Cannes, nor was he much at home doing interviews of any sort, especially with critics. He once accorded me a session at Venice, bawling out from the lavatory by way of introduction, come on in, I can deal with two shits at once. Everything I, everything I hear about John Ford makes me like him more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, everything about it. And, and the, like, dr- yeah. uh, the director, Lindsay Anderson, uh, once wrote, I more or less reconciled myself that admiration was better from afar. So he probably met him and then went, oh, I should never have met him. <laughs> is, this, is this better to be? I mean. He, as a concept, he's better. I mean, he's dead, so you can't meet him now. He's like Coke, better better as an idea than he is as a person. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, I still think he's cool. I would like to meet him. Well, think we can get him on the podcast? Maybe RJ. Maybe. Maybe we try. Okay. We can't promise anything, but we're gonna try. Okay. I was just wondering if what, what other Abraham Lincoln movies there could be, but Ooh. not much. Oh, well, I mean, 
his, well, that... his cameo in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. That one's pretty good. There's that one Lincoln movie that gets, uh, it's not talked about a lot, but I think it's Shark Tale with Will Smith. That's a Lincoln film. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. There's a Lincoln prototype in there. Lincoln prototypes would be a big thing too. Like, you know, that Planet of the Apes film that you like so much. There's a Lincoln in that, right? A yeah. Lincoln. Yes. Of a sort. A Lincoln. Do you get it? It's Abe Lincoln, but it's also A Lincoln. It's pretty. It's pretty big brain stuff. If you don't understand, it's okay. So I don't know. I thought this movie was like I. Did you think this movie was I? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yep. We want to hear from people who don't think it's fine, and in fact, might even hate it. I mean, I guess my guess is that it's just purest people. It's like Abe Lincoln never did this, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Well, literally, the first review that pops up here from Damon, half a star. Let's just make up shit while we're at it. Pol Pot was drafted by the New York Knicks in the first round of the 1963 NBA draft. I mean, all right, all right, but it, one of his favorite one of his favorite films is Come and See, and that's not based on a true story, is it? Well, I mean, this is based on a president of the United States, and uh, I mean, I don't know if I would call this a total like. I mean, he was a lawyer. I mean, this I is mean, like, yeah, but I mean, there comes a point where like even Abraham Lincoln is like, I mean, do people use this as like a basis of like reality? I don't, I don't believe I mean, so. I, I don't think so. I think, they even, also... I think they even cover their ass in this movie by building it. They do. Like saying that this is like not based on reality. Yeah, they do. This person only has like a, a handful of five star films, but one of them is Team America. And I'd be like, all right, show me in your encyclopedia when team america happened historically you big frig and i know it's like wow lincoln was a real guy and it's like yeah so but was it's matt a movie damon. so it was matt damon so it's it's a movie dude and, Hel- and a... helen hunt yeah it's like why are you getting caught up on semantics here brah mm-hmm. brah they give uh, uh nah. There's half-star films here, but nothing very interesting. Okay. Never mind. Fuck it. So, next Fuck up, it. Hockeywood. It's mm, not good. Or, is that, or do you think they mean Hokeywood? Or do they mean no, Hockeywood? No, I think that's, that's Hockeywood. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, one star. It's like the worst episode of Perry Mason ever. You know, I, I did make the comment about Matlock. Because uh, there is definitely a point where I'm like, oh, it definitely is sort of, it feels like the template. But that's like all courtroom dramas. Um, and I don't think this is a particularly interesting one. No, it's fine. There's nothing yeah. nothing crazy about it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Because I think like John Ford made like three movies this one year or something like that. Might have. Yeah. Might have. I mean, I did the same. He, he was a busy bee. So was Hockeywood. Hockeywood uh, in their bio says my debut novel is available at hockeywood slash novel dot com. So if you guys want to read a novel from this person, uh, uh, question: Do you? Well, I'm gonna go look at what it is first before I get there. Favorite films include Gross Point Blank mm-hmm. 
Empire Strikes Back, Jaws, and Magnificent Amberwoods. Now I'm on Welcome to Hockeywood. Let's check out this thriller. Uh, Hockeywood is a suspenseful thriller of a book about hockey and family. The Cortez family has hockey in their DNA with NHL ties stretching back a century. Tomas coaches the long-suffering Toronto Mounties. His oldest son, Mark, was a number one overall draft and one of the best prospects in NHL history. His middle son, Ray, a.k.a. Hockeywood, just retired from the L.A. Coronas as one of the greatest players of his generation. When Tomas is diagnosed with terminal cancer, Ray decides a comeback is in order to help his dad win the Stanley Cup once before he dies. But on the eve of the final, two thugs threaten to kill Ray if the Mounties win. (laughs) Now with the hopes of of a city and the dreams of a father riding on his efforts, Ray must decide whether to cave to the threat or fulfill his promise. Huge. <laughs> I. Yeah. Put that, I don't know. Put that on the watch list. I, One dollar of every copy goes to end brain cancer. That's cool. One dollar <laughs> oh, for wow. every copy goes to Echoes of Hope, a charity founded for remove obstacles so that homeless and at risk. Uh, risk. Okay, that's cool. One dollar goes to Black Lives Matter. That's cool. One dollar between June 15th and October 15th goes to the Biden campaign. (laughs) So, I mean, that's all cool. Okay. But I'm not going to lie to you. This book, Garrett, (laughs) it does not sound like a book that I want to read, my friend. This is true. This is very true. Hockeywood. Check it out, folks. No. Or don't. Uh, Yeah, so 1939, John Ford had made, made three movies. Uh, one of which was Stagecoach, which is ah yeah future in- incredible. Uh, one of the like all time best westerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Mister Lincoln and Drums Along the Mohawk. That's in one. He made three movies, uh, and he's, he kept he was doing this pretty consistently. Nineteen thirty eight, he made two. Nineteen forty, oh, he goes and makes The Grapes of Wrath. I like that. Uh, and then nineteen forty one, How Green Was My Valley which we've heard all about. And yeah, then it's, he still just keeps goddamn making movies and movies and movies. So. Well, it's about the horizon, Jarrett. Yeah, the, the, the horizon can't make movies, so he's got to do it for him. Can't make their own? Nope. No. You want to hear from Don Swansino? Yes. One, I do want to hear from Don Swansino. Okay, and then there'll be one more on the next page. Uh, Henry, one and a half stars. Henry Fonda is a great actor, undeniably. That being said, this movie is terrible. It's boring and tampers with history in a way that could terribly misinform people. This movie is just very uninteresting, and it is not worth watching unless you are trying to watch every film ever made by Henry Fonda or John Ford. It's really unfair to say stuff like that. Like this movie's tampering with history. It's it doesn't come out and be like this is the absolute true story. It's of such Abraham a yeah, I nobody says it's, that. It presents itself as like a fiction, like right off the hop. And I don't know if I, oh, I need to watch Young Mister. Like you can get the ideas. Like you can get the like 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, did they do Young Washington? <laughs> the Adventures of Young I mean, George Washington with his no pig, before he had big teeth. No, because no one would have cared. But like, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess like, a, yeah, yeah. They liked re- favorite films: Return of the Jedi, two thousand one, Interstellar, and Bridge on the River Kwai. And it's just like. I know that those movies are all fictionalized, but it's like, why does this person draw this line where it's like, well, there's a real person in this movie, so it's got to be a real life. Have they ever heard of the power of myth? Good, sir. Uh, Dawn. I don't know. I don't know. And one more. Okay. Okay. One and a half star from Hannah K. Okay. Oh, goodness. This film is a product of its time. There is absolutely no subtlety or nuance here, and every moment is filled with so much, aw shucks, I'm just a simple farm boy with all the wisdom in the world, goop, that's almost (laughs) unbearable at times. It feels like an educational film for children, focusing entirely on telling them that Lincoln was awesome no matter what he did. That being said, though, Henry Fonda does almost manage to pull it off. He has a sincerity to him that rings slightly truer than the rest of the film, which is determined to Mary Sue him from start to finish. Mm. He can't quite make up for it, but if there is something that makes it bearable, it's him. And then uh, Hannah Kay has a How I Entered It uh, on my flick chart, where it is below Crybaby, above Miss Congeniality, below Beauty and the Beast. Higher than Charlie Wilson's War, lower okay. than The Bishop's Wife, lower than Last of the Red Hot Lovers, higher than The Secret Life of Pets, higher than okay. Thoroughly Modern Millie, lower than Mrs. Miniver, uh, lower than Rust and Bone, higher than The Proposal. Final spot. 1729 out of 2,562. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, so something real weird I've noticed. All these people love original Star Wars. They All the people who hate this movie five-starred original Star Wars, which is like, whatever. I know those movies are fun and stuff. But all of these people have also half-starred Brightburn, the horror <laughs> Superman origin, which is weird that it's like they all have that same opinion. It's almost like there's no original thought in the world, Jarrett. Uh, this person half-starred Martyrs, uh, but their favorite films are Casablanca, mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge, Annie Hall, mm-hmm. and Love Actually. So, you know. You know. So, I, I don't know. It's it's always the same stuff, you know? Oh, this person five-starred Sweeney Todd, <laughs> the demon barber of Fleet Street, Jarrett. So, uh, I mean, maybe they weren't watching this movie close enough because there was a crossover that they were maybe not aware of. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. They should have checked that out. Damn. Well, any final thoughts as we put Mr. Ford to bed? For, for, for now. For now. For now, for now, let's be clear. That's just for now. Um, no, I have no other thoughts. This movie is totally fine. 
totally. I thought it was decent. I don't know. It's not great. It's not bad. Just is what it is. It's a decent show. There you go. For decent guys. For decent guys. Decent show for decent guys like you and me. After the break, Arjun and I will go on to great things, continuing to podcast, until Mm -hmm. one day we're assassinated. Doing just this. Hopefully. And then... Uh, a, an intrepid shit-talking director will make a film about us, young, Hopefully. young Mister Duncan and Baylock. Man, and it'll be bullshit, and someone will be angry about it. I really hope so. It won't happen. Don't. Worry. It starts with one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I design this rhyme to explain in due time. All I know. Time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock takes life away. It's so unreal. Didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out the window. Trying to hold on. Didn't even know. I wasted it all just to watch you. RJ, if you could be an American president, which one would it be? Do you know about Ike Eisenhower? <laughs> Ike, Ike, we want Ike. And his approach of like, getting or do busy. We, do you like Ike? I like Ike. Former President Ike Eisenhower. Let's get busy. You remember that guy? You can write into us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. Sure, you can. Tell us your theories about the real history of the United States of America. Hmm. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnroof. We've got a Patreon. We've got a YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, We got a Lincoln Tube. We got a. Um, pig tooth tube, a Lincoln Park. We got a Lincoln Park. Uh, we're gonna get numb, like Lincoln Park, the song. We might even go to Vic Park. Who knows? Next week, RJ. Yeah. Speaking of islands, spine three hundred and twenty-one. Ingmar Bergman, he's back, and this time we're going to the Virgin Spring. We in, just did this. In, in 1960. We just did this. Like a week ago. <laughs> what? Did we not? <laughs> the bat sleep well? <laughs> Do we ever not watch Bergman and Kurosawa movies? Is that all this is? Yeah. Holy fuck. I like the movies too. But even I'm getting to a point where it goes, Enough! Enough with the Bergman. Enough with the Kurosawa. I've had enough of this shit. I've had enough of this shit. It's too much. Well, Cut it out. You know? That's the motion. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good night.
Enough.